man, I had another like recollection Sex dream about me. Sex dream about me. I know yeah, I mean, I haven't seen you in a while, so they they, they pop up. But like that, that's that's no. a common occurrence, right? But like, <laughs> I just had like this. Like speaking of dreams, I had this like reoccurring dream of like my partner who died like a long time ago. Mm. It was it's really tragic though. I, 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 I keep when replaying. I was- a young boy. <laughs> oh, sorry. Wait, I mean, I yeah, we're... that might that might have something to do with it, right? But like, oh yes. <laughs> no, she finally joined the black parade. But uh, yes. like, uh, but like, I, I just keep like reliving like her final moments in my mind, right? Like, you know, I'm sitting there by her bedside, right? And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, tired. I can tell that she's on her way out, right? She's like, you know, I guess she, she finally wants to confess something to me. She's like, I have something I have to tell you, and I'm like, shh, 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 it's okay. There's nothing to confess. Everything's okay. You know, this we're, 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 we're not, it's nice and peaceful right now. It's like, no, no, no. I want to die in peace, right? Like, I, I just want to tell you that I had sex with your brother, your best friend, his best friend, oh. his father, and then your father. And I'm like, <laughs> and like, you know, so I grab her hand, right? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to make her final moments like uncomfortable. So, you know, I grab her hand. I'm like, right. shh, shh, it's, it's okay. I know that that's why I poisoned your coffee. Um. Oh, you see where you went there, guys. In honor of the blackest week of the blackest parade. The spookiest week. I mean, that that makes sense. I mean, we should be around death and dying. And, you know, we're going to talk about what you and I were doing 15 years ago today. Yeah. There was a lot lot of that going on. That's uh, true. In one of our lives. In one of our lives. (laughs) One of our lives. (laughs) Reoccurring dreams. One of your lives. I know. It was a bad year. But uh, yeah, the Black Parade. Happy 15-year anniversary, the Black Parade, everybody. It released on October 20th, 2006. I mean, I think needless to say, this has been a seminal album in the music scene uh, the scene as a whole, really. I mean, you know, it's 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 an album that like transcended genres. Uh, definitely a definitely a huge direction shift for My Chemical Romance. You know, coming off of Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, they could have really just done that again, and you know, mm-hmm. probably been just as successful. But they decided to be creatively inspired and you know write an album that was that you know was reminiscent of the albums they grew up listening to as youngins because. You know, as babyface as Gerard Way is, that, that guy was like 62 when he wrote this album. So, you know. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Well, remember, got a, that's, this, is, this is the Rob Cavallo in, in, uh, influence as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Going from, going from uh, Howard Benson to Rob Cavallo. You know, Rob Cavallo also uh, very famously produced uh, The American Idiot for Green Day. You know, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a hit maker, that Rob Cavallo. Mm, this was like his heyday. Mm-hmm. So in celebration of the Black Parade, we're going to be doing a long overdue track by track review of the Black Parade. Find out what we think of this divisive album. <laughs> you know, you know I, if, if you go back and listen to episode one and you mentioned in there, we might do some deep dabs into some old albums, maybe like the Black Parade. I mean, like this is <laughs> so many years in the making this now. This is nine years <laughs> in the making. Good God. I mean, yeah, we you're deep right. dived into to some weird old albums, but not this one, which doesn't make any sense. It's, I think it's just like, it, it's such a given. It's like, yeah, we get it. Like, do we really need to talk about it more? But apparently, yeah. 
I think we do at this point. We can't wait another five years for the 20th anniversary right, for them yeah. to fi- finally release some new material. <laughs> hey, guys, this is a B-side <laughs> from the Black Parade. Enjoy. <laughs> no, like, so it'll be less of a review, but more but, but more of a celebration, right? It's, it's just us talking about maybe our thoughts on these songs, how they fit, maybe yes. what, what our thoughts on the story of some of these songs are and how they now, fit with our lives. That- that's what uh, I need you to break down for me today, because um, for me and the story, I've never, I've, I've never been able to follow it. I, Are I you dense? This album. I you don't. Dense, it's motherfucker. Like, you tell me. You tell me. <laughs> I listened to it once again last night, and I'm like, I see a group of fantastic songs, but I don't see any freaking storyline going through here. Oh, okay. So, you know, maybe you can you can explain that to me in my dense. Would be more than happy to, my friend. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, you know what? I'm going to put description uh, time code, actually, in the description below if you guys just want to go straight to that review. Uh, but beforehand, Adam, you know, it, 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 it wasn't just the Black Parade's time to shine this past week. Um, you know, there was also some new albums that we listened to as well. Do you want to kind of give our thoughts on some of those that we may we, we may have checked out? Let's see. So, uh, Mr. Thom Morello Mm. obviously gave that one a spin this week because I was like, hey, this Bring Me the Horizon track's making the rounds. Gotta listen to me some of that. Gotta listen to me some Tom Morello for the first time since 2006. The Atlas Underground Fire uh, released on October 15th. Which is a follow-up to 2018's The Atlas Underground. Nice. It finally caught fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, I I think that one, I I don't know. I did not listen to that one, obviously, but similar thing with uh, like uh, just like a greatest hits medley of people kind of funness. So um, yes, I think that this album was fair to moderate. Uh, Nothing too mind blowing. I mean, his guitar playing is still one of the most unique, interesting styles. Yeah. But you go into this album, like that's a given, right? right. Expecting that. So, um, you know, and it was all there. And I think the big standouts on here were the relatively, um, instrumental tracks that were tracks 10 and 12, Mm -hmm. where he, he worked with, I'm assuming dubstep, DJ type of guys. Um, I don't know how popular those guys are, but yeah, um, I'm not familiar with I, them, but I'm also out of the loop of most things too. <laughs> right. I really enjoyed those tracks a lot. And I enjoyed the bring me at the horizon track. I great did not intro enjoy... track as well. This album has oh, a great yeah. intro track. Gotta love them. I mean, the instrumentals, I feel like he, he just needs to stick with that. It's like, we don't, we don't need words at this point with this guy. I mean, what I like the bring me the horizon the... track was great, but I, th- I think his strengths lie in his instrumentals. Right. But what I, what I did like about all of these features though, is that each feature kind of introduced a different kind of genre bending um, kind of flavor to each one. Like, so, you know, we have like a hard rock song. We have a little bit of like a slower tempo song. We have like kind of a psychedelic type of song. Like, you know, like you said, those, those kind of dubstepy tracks at the end mm-hmm. too. You know? So cool. yeah. Yeah. Proto cool. hype. Yeah. Proto hype was uh, one of them and the other one was featuring sama abdul hadi mm-hmm. people that don't have their own wikipedia page so i don't know anything about them but 
I enjoyed they're, those they're lost to history, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I enjoyed the Chris Stapleton song. Is it, am I weird? Is there something wrong with me? Because that's the that's the country guy, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean that's a, that's a pretty good song. I mean, you know, I, it, I, what, I what makes us not like country is is the subject matter most of the time, and just kind of the rote songwriting that just sounds exactly like the same as everybody else, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, but this this was unique in its own way. Yeah. And this dude, when you look at a picture of him, he is country looking mother trucker right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gave it like a seven, a seven out of a 12. That's fair. Which was fine. Um, I, I, you know, not the best thing in the world. And it, yeah. I, Pretty I, I, enjoyable. I, yeah. High, highway to hell didn't need to be on here. That was, that was bizarre. Yeah. I listened to that for the first time this, uh, <laughs> this past week. Not a great version. Yeah. No. No, it's like, oh, there's Bruce Springsteen for some reason. Hey, there's Eddie Vedder for some reason. <laughs> Bruce okay, Springsteen it's over. Taking, <laughs> taking a break from his podcast that he does with President Obama. <laughs> yeah, to sing a three and a half minute song. He did great. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that song for me in a nutshell. Um, but you thought it was all right of an album as well? Yeah, I think you took the words right out of my mouth. It's not mind blowing, but it's, it is enjoyable. And it is kind of like a cool little mixtape too especially mm-hmm. if you just want something that's you know a, a group of songs that don't sound the same at all you know each each song brings its own flavor each each uh feature brings its own you know distinctness to it but um yeah it, it just seemed like a compilation of different singles really than more of like a cohesive album mm-hmm. um but I, you know, I think problem. that's kind of what it meant what I think what it was kind of meant to be right and that was the problem with uh the slash one that he did similar to this hmm. in 2010. It was just like, there's no cohesion here. It's every, every track sounds different, which in a way should be a good thing, but it just didn't really click very well. It's like, why is Ozzy Osbourne here for no reason? Right. Because um, he's a legend, so- <laughs> just like slash. So the Atlas underground album from 2018 features Tim Micklerath on one of the tracks. So that's, ah, that's cool. Yeah. So I don't How's think I'm going to go listen to this one. I, I, I don't think I'm going to listen to this one. Oh, okay. But it's called How Long. And I don't recognize any other names on here. So So it sounds yeah. like the Atlas Underground Fire then. <laughs> pretty much. But uh, yeah, that was cool. Ian Miles. I thought yes. that was pretty cool. The, that, was, the, that was unexpected. The, the guitarist for the band Creeper has done his own solo album. It sounds like he does the vocals as well. So this is kind of his own solo project. So like I said last week, it's hard to not just be like, well, these are all the Creeper tracks that didn't get used. And he just had them sitting on his hard drive somewhere. Yeah, but this is definitely not this, this. This is definitely not like Creeper scraps. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed most of it. Uh, like seven, seven out of 10, probably overall. Mm-hmm. And you know, that one of those songs in there, he talks about killing somebody. I think it was a child. I, I, that's I always like fun that too much. Yeah. That's like always that. fun though. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun. I think brand new did it a little bit better. Oh no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, I thought it was a pretty good album overall. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect going into this one too. You know, you, you think the guitarist from creeper, uh, and you know you have certain expectations going into it. This is low tempo, very dark, um, mm-hmm. you know, very baritone type vocals as well. Um, you know, he's he, he's no Will Gould, but 
you know, he can kind of hold his own as le- vocally at least. But, uh, right. but this, yeah, if you're, this is a great kind of palate cleanser. If you're, you know, if you're a huge creep, creeper fan, uh, and yeah, it, 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 it stands up, it stands apart from all of the other, uh, you know, at least the big projects. Do you know if he's like part of Salem as well? I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't know who all is in Salem. Right. Just Will Gould that I know of. Yeah. But, uh, I thought it was like him and a, and, and a bunch of other like random people. Oh, okay. I don't know. There's like 15 other bands named Salem, so I probably take me. Yeah, a while that's to find it, the and they're very hard to <laughs> to nail to nail down which one you're looking for. There's an American band, a British band, an Israeli band. I mean, it's, we'll be here for days. Every country has their own Salem. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's in that one, but that's okay. Like, but but overall, this was a pretty decent album. Again, it doesn't blow your mind, but uh, it's 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 a if you want some, you know enjoyable darkness in your life uh, i think this is a good album to kind of um, turn to right so who else have you been listening to because that's all the new ones i'm listening to uh let's see uh for the for the past week i have been checking out a tear in the fabric of life by knocked loose it's Ooh. loud uh <laughs> and that's all i have so to say loud. about that uh yeah. ice nine kills with the silver scream too i kind of stopped listening to this like after like midweek like i got it it's like okay, mm-hmm. like like I said, it's kind of it's it's gimmicky, and I knew it was going to be gimmicky going into it. And mm-hmm. yeah, some of the songs are enjoyable, but you know, I'm not going to listen to this throughout the year outside of October. So you know, it is what it is, and that it's one ahead. more album to throw on in October. Yep, best. exactly. Last, you know, because um, AFI's All Hollows EP can only hold so much. You know, it's only mm-hmm. so long. <laughs> it's very brief they try it's to stretch it out they throw in like like a minute and a half of dead air but... right <laughs> and um also the uh label pure noise uh i just found this out too um like late into last week they put out this like compilation uh album called uh, low pure noise lo-fi volume one and what this is, is you know they, it's, it's a bunch of songs from bands on their label like can't swim and the amity affliction and state champs knock loose and hawthorne heights and stuff like that and mm-hmm. spanish love songs so it's just like lo-fi hip-hop versions of those songs no vocals it's just you know they're very memorable beats like uh like for the spanish love songs song it's a beachfront property so it's just like the lo-fi type of tempo of that and this, so i just kind of put that on every now and then just to just to, at work just to kind of chill out to and yo it's it's good so you know if you want lo-fi versions of some song of some bands that you like um yeah go check out pure noise lo-fi volume one it's pretty interesting cool <laughs> but you guys enjoy it. <laughs> that's, it's like that's reimagining about... reimagines i just can't do anymore it's just like it, it doesn't do anything for me yeah but and this and this okay. is this isn't meant to like rock your world or anything it's just you right. know if you just need something low low effort i guess well that that's, a, that's not going to like really demand too much of your attention but you know you want some recognizable tempos yo put this on in the background while you're like cleaning or at work or doing homework or you know whatever the case may be yeah, yeah it's, it's it's enjoyable enough it's not going to blow your mind but you know if you just kind of want to turn your brain off and have some music on in the background this is this, some good stuff so what i'm trying to say is, is that it's my album of the year <laughs> 
10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. <laughs> no, other, no other album compares. And uh, so we had some also new albums that came out this past Friday, but we'll share our thoughts on those a little bit later. You got anything else for me, bud, before we jump in? Just one more significant death to discuss that happened oh, no. late yesterday evening. Last night, the 2021 Dodgers season came to a crushing defeat. Oh, boy. And we are over the moon and excited about this, Mike. So uh, just, just want to throw that out there. The Dodgers oh, okay. will be reigning no more as the champions asterisk. Don't forget the asterisk next to the World Series champion 2020. Uh, never forget, never forget the asterisk that will always be there on your <laughs> season in quotes. That was not a season where you got to just live at the same ballpark for the entire postseason. Um, but whatever, you guys won the World Series in 2020. <laughs> asterisk, and they lost to the Atlanta Braves last night, and will not be moving on to the World Series. Look so, at that. Hmm. So what's it looking like huh. in the World Series this, this year then? We got your uh, Houston Astros versus your Atlanta Braves. Look at that. Finally, some like new teams. That means Tom is very happy because I forgot he was an Astros fan all along. That's right. Good old according Texas to the boy, owner, listener of the show. According to the owner of the Astros, the whole cheating scandal was like, you know, four years ago and they've moved on. So <laughs> Let it's okay. Let's go. We don't have to ever think about that whole incident ever again. That's some so, guilty speak, if you ask me. I know. <laughs> but uh, the the manager of the Astros is Dusty Baker. And mm-hmm. um, Dusty Baker was the manager of the Cubs back in the ill-fated 2003 season mm-hmm. that never turned into what it should have been. Um, so we'll see how his, quote, luck takes him into the playoffs here. <laughs> <laughs> You don't need luck when you're just that good, Adam. We're the best team. And then we can finally put this tragedy of a season behind us and move on to the to the off season where the Cubs stand to make a lot of big splashes with their millions of dollars to spend. <laughs> so we'll, we'll and and they sold me. I read articles that said if it doesn't happen early. It's not going to happen. So we'll see what happens come November. Woohoo! Go baseball. Will we get Will we get that reunion with the with the core three, probably not. No. <laughs> people think it will happen, and I'm just like, eh, we already tried that once, and, you know, it was good, but we, we, we can move on. Some some other guys, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, some guys with, with working knees. That would be nice as well. And notice, like, all of the former Cubs ended up on on postseason teams, except for Javi Baez, because, you know, he was on the, the Mets, and they never – do anything but um, they're, they've all <laughs> fallen by the wayside the only one left jock peterson was on the cubs at the beginning of the season he got traded to the braves uh, at, right around the time everything fell apart um mm. so he's the only one left and he's having what they called last year when he was with the dodgers jock tober which <laughs> sounds like a really disgusting fungus you get on the inside of your nutsack yeah, but for yeah, him, yeah. <laughs> does, but he, for does him, he have antibiotics for that <laughs> he powered the braves and all of his jocking uh, beat, the, beat the Dodgers, his former team that he won the World Series with last year, thanks to his jock itch-tober. Ayo. Jock-tober, jock-tober itch. I think that's what it was. <laughs> so that's all I got to say about baseball. There's will be more to come as the as the winter folds or uh, rolls on. Nice. How's football? How's football going? 
Your since, Kansas since City the last Chiefs. Time that, oh yeah, my Kansas, my favorite team. Yes, <laughs> they're losing twenty-four to nothing right now. I like. I, I love it. you know, I don't know what that <laughs> is really. I mean, it's you're probably, you're a it's, you're, you're a Charger fan now. You, it's probably you, like a, a simulation that you're watching. You know, it's probably just like a Madden version where they put like oh. the difficulty up. Like you know, it's it's something like that. Like it seems like a game that Mahomes is not in twenty-four to nothing. It's almost halftime. Um, is Mahomes but the Chargers, not in that game? I, I, I'm assuming not if they have zero points, but who knows? Oh, okay. Um, that's that. Yeah. That's actually what it is, Adam. Like Mahomes is out sick and right. you know, it's his mother's <laughs> birthday and he had to fly out to wherever right. he lives to go visit his mother. So you and I had a raucous event at SoFi two weeks ago. The chargers took all of that momentum into Baltimore against another four and one team and quickly got their asses handed to them. I saw Royally. that they were playing. 30, at the, they were playing at the gym last Sunday. Thirty-four to six, Mike. Fun. Another <laughs> another missed extra point attempt, but that's that's fine. We don't need those. Like we can win without them, right? I mean, they did two two weeks ago. <laughs> we don't need all those extra points. Um, but anyway, that was a unfun game to watch. But today we have the the wonderful bye week. Take some time off to reassess. And I forget who they play next week, but uh, it'll be fun. And then the Bears play Brady and the Bradians in Tampa. In so they should just forfeit. I might as well. Brady's right. on a, on his usual yearly tear of everything, and the Bears. You know, we don't need to talk about what happened last week. Cause oh no! Aaron Rodgers came to town. And, you know, I saw I, that. I saw the score of that game too. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm Rogers sorry for your loss, Adam. Aaron Rodgers was nice enough to remind the fans uh, that he owns us. He pointed to the crowd and screamed it at the entire crowd numerous times. Oh, did he really? I can show you many, many gifts that show otherwise, but Ooh, still he's, fun. He must have a he beat, must have a good time in Chicago, you know. And all all the years we played him, I mean, we, we beat him like twice. So that's pretty good for the last fifteen years. <laughs> you know, you, you play him twice a year. You know, uh, every, every year we've won twice. You got to get it right someday. He, and he probably just had a cold that those those two times, you know. Exactly. So anyway, off to another exciting football season we go. I agree. Well, let's let's head off now to let let let's you know we're we're here at the at the train stop. We're waiting for the train to arrive, um, to take us to. Oh, it's coming! Oh, Adam, look 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 over in the horizon. It's here. Oh wait, what's that smell? Oh ew, no! It's a oh, damn it! This is the wrong train. This is the new album breakdown. Ugh. New album breakdown. <laughs> well, you know, it's new to some. There's some people who haven't heard this album, right? <laughs> Man, if you were born in 2007, maybe. That's right? true. Yeah, you know, if if, you... if today is your, your birthday, then or if Oct- if October 20th, 2021 is your birthday, it's a new album to mm, you. That's true. Happy birthday, then. Happy birthday, 15 years. Oh my gosh, we're gonna take you to the DMV over here in California and get you your learner's permit. You're you're getting to be a big boy now. You're gonna you're getting to be a big savior of the broken, beaten, damned. Whoo! Just real quick, Mahomes is in this game. He quickly took a knee to send them to the half. Well, that's because that's what winners do, Adam. He, he's just he's just <laughs> plotting their revenge for the second half. Right. You'll of see. Course. You'll see. You'll see. It's 27, 27 to zero now. 
<laughs> you'll see. You'll see. <laughs> Folks, the Black Parade. It needs no introduction. You know what this album is. Uh, you know what you know who this band is. You've most likely if you're listening to this, you've most likely heard this album. So we're not like I said, we're not gonna really review this album. We're just gonna celebrate it for giving us 15 great years with this um wonderful mm. record um adam what is you know remind the folks here who, who, maybe who haven't heard the story what was your first impression going into this record back when you listened to it i think i had only heard maybe two tracks the singles the two big singles i think so famous last words and big parade big parade mm-hmm. is, it, is it the big welcome to the big parade right welcome um, to the macy's <laughs> day parade yes <laughs> um and then everybody just like like talking about this band from 2006 on and me being like you know guys maybe someday you'll understand what real music is um maybe someday you'll you'll get it but this whole thing is a fad that's going to go away and eventually it did but um but in 2006 to 2010, it was all the rage. And I didn't listen to this album well into 2011. So you managed way to behind. avoid it for like five years, man. Well, I mean, except for the singles. And I was like, those are oh, some pretty good songs. I bet if I gave this album a chance, I would probably enjoy it. But, you know, that $25 t- price tag, it's just, it's just too rich. Too steep. But, and then you get a friend. Who gives you some music and who bit that twenty five dollar bullet for you? <laughs> exactly, because on October twentieth of two thousand six, not the happiest of occasions for me. As yeah. a, you know, you know, I, I didn't know that I would someday be relating death of a real human to death of a fictitious human mm. all around the same time. So I was yeah. a little busy not paying attention to popular culture at that time understandable understandable lose. the black yeah the black parade hit a little too ho- too close to home for you and then subsequently lose somebody you cared about deeply uh, a mere 8 days later mm-hmm. so you know and then you're just like you hear from friends like hey man did you know that there's a song about cancer on this album you should probably listen to it it's like what you went through with your said mom and then like no and then was that voice me <laughs> no that wasn't you that was other okay. friends i had Prior to you, <laughs> oh, okay. I forget that some. I forget that you're allowed to have friends outside of me. But I, I don't have those friends anymore. Did did they <laughs> did they actually say like there's a song about cancer, just like what you went through? The song about cancer, and it's not Jason Butler's cancer yet. We'll get to there another day. Jason, the, you have cancer. <laughs> that's the Jason Butler cancer voice. Um, so like, but I was busy just like. <laughs> Sorry. I just realized how funny that sounds. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't realize that this album would have like such an impact on me still to this day, even 10 years later now. That's still a long ass time. 15 it's not years. 15 oh, years. Yeah. For, for me, it was, it's was it been 10 years since yeah. I started listening to it. But it, it sucked me in and drained me out and took me for a ride and flipped me over and did strange things to my body cavity. Mm. But I'm still enjoying it now. And I'm glad to hear, even after all these years, even you are coming around on certain elements of this album. Yes. And for for that one, we'll get to that one song too, but I have you to thank for that one song uh, for for me coming around to it. And that's kind of true for every, I'm trying to realize like, that's kind of true for every song I ever come around on. It's it's always you. It's always like convincing me that this is a good song. I'm like, (laughs) hey, I'll be the judge. Okay. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) <laughs> well, and see, I've tried to do that in return when you've heavily praised a song and then I mm-hmm. listen to it and I'm just like, I 
I know what Mike's talking about. And it only worked that one time on on My Soul by Thrice. Mm. That's the only My time. My Soul. By That's why I had to mention it a, a few soul. weeks ago. Right. Your Soul. Are you ready for Your Soul? My but anyway, Soul, Adam. That song I know I didn't like until I heard the Mike description of it. Ooh, baby. Such a good song. So so I, I, I get it. And I'm, you know, yeah. we'll get to keep so, we'll you talk know, about other tracks in a minute. For me, going into the release of the Black Parade was, you know, highly anticipated. I was a fan of My Chemical Romance shortly after Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, it, you know, came out into the scene and exploded and turned turned the term emo into a into a household phrase and, you know, made it cool to like this type of music for the mainstream audience. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I was, I was all in with My Chemical Romance at this point, you know, expecting their highly anticipated third album to sound pretty much just like three cheers for sweet revenge. So, right. You know, you big... had you heard, had you heard bullets yet? Yes. So I bought, I bought bullets, uh, maybe about a year after I listened to three cheers, you know, I was ready and, and, and I saved all my nickels and pennies at the time to yes. afford a copy, <laughs> uh, at my local best buy. Um, so, you know, it, it, and, you know, we've talked about that album a lot, right? There, there's some enjoyable moments, but, it, you know, it, it does sound leaps and bounds behind where this band would eventually, you know, finesse their sound and, um, you know, learn to be better songwriters and things like that. Um, but, you know, going into Black Parade, too, we were all in baited. We were all waiting with bated breath about what the, the new single was that they kept hyping the new single that was coming out. You know, it's, we, mm. you know, they're, the MySpace posts are like, oh, the new single is coming out in like a month or something. They're filming the music video right now. Oh, here's a hint at what the music mm. video looked like. Oh, it's a costume. Like, okay, whatever. But, uh, you know, so then <laughs> so much makeup being worn. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I mean, that's fine. Like the, the, the boys, they wear their makeup. They they're very theatrical like that. But, uh, you know, so the song Welcome to the Black Parade finally comes out as a single and a music video. Also, incredible music video. All the, all the music videos for this for this band are almost, you know, c- could be nominated for, like, best short film by the Oscars or whatever. But, um, yeah, so the music video blew me away. But the sound, it was like, hmm, this is very different. It sounds like an arena rock type sound with some screamo like, elements you know sounds like queen meets scream yeah <laughs> queen meets scream i love that <laughs> did you hear that somewhere nope that's amazing dude we gotta we gotta write that down <laughs> but uh yeah it, you can tell like they're trying to do a big rock anthem and like it worked mm. right like if you if you play those first three piano notes to almost anyone they'll know exactly what that is right like it, I can, I, likely, yes. yeah. Like my daughter is younger than this album, and like if I if I put on ding, 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 and she knows exactly. Like, when I turn was. it off. <laughs> turn no off TikTok that boomer dan- music, boomer. <laughs> There's no TikTok dances for that one yet. Turn it off. <laughs> no, she like legit loves that song, and uh, oh, in, okay. in a lot of like my Kim songs do. Like in, you know, she my daughter she pays her respects, you know, but uh, okay. But yeah, so like a little confused at, at the direction that this was going and, you know, and then the album comes out not too long after that. And then you listen to the album in its entirety and Bam. You, and then you're in that enjoyment phase of like, this is good, 
but I don't know what to make of the sound. I'm a cool emo dude with swoopy hair and eye makeup. What am I supposed to think? This is something that that guy over, that blonde guy over there who likes grunge music would probably like. I'm so confused. Yeah. That's, there's a problem here. My band is changing. It's like old man music, but I'm not an old man. You know, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm 20 years old and like I have, I still have really thick hair. You know, this isn't 2021. So sad. So sad. Rest in peace. We don't need to talk. This is this isn't a eulogy for my thick hair back in the day. Right. (laughs) Because I can remember having that same thought uh, when I first heard uh, that single on the radio. I remember driving down um, uh, whatever fucking street Cal State San Bernardino is on. I used Mm -hmm. to live on it, North Park. I remember driving down that street away from the uh, university, and that song came on, and me thinking like. Man, My Chemical Romance, they're that weird, I'm not okay, stupid emo band. Ew, emo? Um, like, they sound like they're trying to make a more mainstream push now. Mm. That's interesting. Of anyway. course the label's gonna push them, you know. Those, <laughs> just, yeah, just give us money. Give us the hits, My Chem. But, uh, right. So, but, uh, I, I, it didn't make me j- want to jump into it too much, but I was just, like, intrigued at the time. Yeah. It, Welcome to the Black Parade is one of those songs too where I think it's like instantly enjoyable. Like it's mm-hmm. it's almost a flawless song, I think. I think it's a little too long, but like um it, everything about the song like the from the picturesque storytelling to the to the concept to the pacing to the vocals to the dueling guitars, like it's it's just a like a perfect rock song and it's gonna and i think of all the songs here that that one's gonna stand the test of time and now after all these years and finally absorbing american idiot Mm -hmm. don't you feel a little like it's a little bit of an homage to uh, some elements of american idiot on that track in what way In, in welcome to the black parade yes like the epic side of of those big American idiot songs, like the long ones, the Jesus of suburbia. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Those, those yeah. Those big long ones that, that that's telling a story and it's in mm-hmm. basically like the thesis of the album. Um, yes. yeah. Just like with Jesus of suburbia. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. There, there are a lot of like, uh, um, elements of there that, that contributed to that album success. Right. And of course, you know, Rob Cavallo, you, we can't, we can't ignore, uh, the producer in the room, you know, he, I'm sure he played a big part in helping to shape this album and how it and how big those choruses ended up being and how the storytelling was naturally weaving into these songs, you know. And the interesting aspect of Green Day and My Chemical Romance touring together on the American Idiot album when Three Cheers came out and Mike, you know, going through your whole, why is my, why is this old man band trying to sound like a younger band when in, in reality, remember we mentioned like it was actually the other way around. Like Mike Kim was learning from Green Day, how to right. be a big stadium rock band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, just, it's interesting how things. Cause even change. prior, prior to that um, tour, like they were, they were still a big band. Like Three Cheers was, you know, not a nothing Huge. album like they they were still right. st- selling out stadiums selling out festivals but they were still in that kind of middle point of their career where they could still do warp tour but also like sell out every stadium that they that they tour at you know mm-hmm. but um yeah but black parade like changed everything for this band like they were they were 
they were touring on this for like three years until they finally took a break and wrote um, um, Danger Days. But uh, my goodness. So uh, they wrote conventional weapons and then wrote Danger Days. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Lest we forget. (laughs) Yeah. So they wrote two albums during their downtime. But uh, yeah. So I I think with that, Adam, we should probably get started and start playing some songs. Uh, Do you have everything all queued up on your end, buddy? Let me get my good old music player going. Absolutely. So we're, we're going to be starting here segment. with the song The End, period, the ironically named first track. Um, so while you're doing that, Adam, I'm going to talk a little bit about right. uh, what Mike, what Gerard Way uh, says about this. He said this in an interview with, um, I can't, I don't see the, uh, I don't see the, uh, the, the, the outlet that he, commented on this one but uh, he said the end was basically a song where i think we when we butted when we butted that up against dead the the second track we realized that we were making a really theatrical record that was going to be very big we wanted something and i wanted something and i and i think we wanted the end to feel like the beginning of pink floyd's the wall there's a song called in the flesh with a question mark because it reprises later in the record we wanted it to feel very much like that kind of beginning that you were about to get taken on a journey. And I think that's why the song is so big and it tells a story right away. I want, I think, I think it just kind of pulls you into the story. I would have to agree. Absolutely. So, about this that doesn't suck you up. Right absolutely. Now. So are you all ready to go? Ready. All right, here we go. Sync us up in three, two, one. This is the end. Of course, beautifully starting with like a, you know, the the, the heart rate monitor in the background. Man, the most dramatic heart beating. I love like the folksy guitar too. Like right away, like right away, you're 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 you know that you're getting something different here. I can only imagine coming out of of uh, the last album into mm-hmm. this one. And knowing what to expect from the first single, but also not knowing that it's going to be like this giant magnum mm-hmm. at the same time. So, like for me, it made sense. It was a natural jump, you know, listening to one album to the next, you know, one week at a time. Right. But uh, for somebody like you waiting around for a couple of years and all the anticipation, like I hope that you got the same feeling going into the song when it came up. Oh yeah, because you know we we talk about it all the time how I was like the smartest at at age twenty, so <laughs> so you know. But this album, after listening to it for the first time, was very enjoyable. Like I loved how a lot of the songs, like immediately you could sing along to it as soon as the second time the chorus came along, like you knew exactly, like that's that's the strength of the songwriting. You know when to follow along, but also feeling that confusion of like. You know that kind of gatekeeper mentality, like, well, this is mm-hmm. an emo album, so I don't know how much that, I'm gonna really like it. That drum beat going into the chorus there is is a little bit too mainstream. It's a little bit, right? I like. I really wish labels would stay out of bands' way. You know. <laughs> so right, we what's, can't. What's, what, what's, what's the concept here? So this is basically the the beginning. This is. Uh, it's it's starting up the concept of the song dead which we were starting up right now of uh, dead exclamation point and dead is so gerard is basically playing the role of like different characters in here 
And this is where it gets like a little too heady, right? It's, it's, so like he, he plays, there's different characters in this album. There's Mother War, there's the patient. Uh, the patient's like the main, the, the main character, the one who dies and joins the Black Parade. Mother War is like a, a member of the Black Parade. Uh, and like, so this song like chronicles the last moments of like the patient's life. And like the doctor is also talking to him, letting him know that like, you know, you're gonna die. And but Mother War is also like showing herself to the patient and letting him know that like, hey, dude, it's gonna be great. We're gonna join the Black Parade. It's gonna be great. And yes, it's that's a cool thing about this song too. About like, this is also like the thesis of the album. Where like, death is a celebration. You know, we're gonna we're, people are gonna remember you. You're gonna you're gonna live a legacy. You're gonna leave a legacy behind. And um, things like that, you know? It's interesting. It's very interesting that I was going through the same exact thing almost at the same exact time. But anyway, that's exciting. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. yeah I, Death I is I a celebration, visual, Adam. I love the visual imagery of, of like, almost like somebody who's already died talking to somebody who's about to die mm-hmm. on, on a hospital bed. You're just being like, it's going to be great. Come on. Just come on over. Yeah. It's like, yeah. That's, that's, that's the way it should be at all times. Yeah. That's the way and I see it at all times. And like, what's great about that too is that it's easy to take that story, and I think a lesser songwriter would have just made that and turned it into something cynical. But like, you really feel like this is a celebration without a sense of irony or, or cynicism or anything like that. You really feel like, yo, dude, we're going to join the Black Parade. It's going to be great. You know, we're gonna, yeah, you, you're going to leave your people behind and everything, but like, they're going to join us one day, man. And, it's gonna, and, and then we're all going to have part of the black parade it's gonna be great love it and yeah that's it's 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 as um morbid and macabre as that sounds like that's that's a very like romantic ideal you know it's a cool idea it's what america needs yeah look this is a great solo too like oh my gosh even just musically dude like the band is just on point this entire time Maybe say for like one song a little bit later, but like, you know, like this is such a good <laughs> solo, dude. I know. Everything is working out well. And I can only imagine like hearing this in 2006 when you're like, you're 16 years old and you hear three cheers and you're just like, my band. And this comes out and you're just like, hey, this is getting really, I don't know. I, I would think by by that point you'd be expecting, expecting this. Because this is such a natural progression. But I hope that most teenagers liked it. I mean, this band, this yeah. album was kind of successful. Well, if you didn't grow up with like a gatekeeper mentality, like you know, myself uh, and other people and my, my peers and stuff, then like you would get it, right? You would get like, oh, this band has always been theatrical, and they're just right. doubling down on that theatricality. This is the song. This is how I disappear. Um, another fantastic be... song. Um, Whew, by the way, like yes. this album is so front loaded. With amazing bangers, yes, yes, oh. yes. <laughs> so, do you want to hear a little bit about this song? I do. So, uh, the band told Rolling Stone what their idea of this song is. So, the patient has died at this point. The t- and also, the story is going to be told non-linearly throughout the rest of this album. You know, similar to like a, you know, a, a, another Rob Cavallo album that we listened to not long ago. But the, so this song is about the patient like reaching out to a former lover and um, kind of reminiscing about their time and like and and he's come to the conclusion that like without her he doesn't he doesn't feel like 
death is worth living, or you know, death is worth getting. He's, he's alive in the afterlife. So like, he's trying to contact her, like through like a seance or whatever. And uh, yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> And probably one of the strongest choruses of their entire career. Oh my gosh, it's such a good chorus, dude. Such a good, such a good like guitar riff as well. Like the dueling guitars, it's just so strong with this. Oh, I love that Frankie arrow without any patience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like this song too could sit pretty well um, in uh, Three Cheers. I think this is the most Three Cheers song on this album. This wasn't a single, right? This was not, no. Wow, it should. So it could have been like the, the, yeah. with, the, with how strong this song is overall. It could have just been. Mm -hmm. It could have been. It could have taken the place of famous last words, in my opinion. Oh, look at the way that freaking the palm mute going into the in that chorus. Oh, it's wonderful. Like, there is no, like I, for 15 years, I have not been able to listen to this song and not scream it out at the top of my lungs. I'm having a trouble not doing it right now mm -hmm. because I'm doing a show, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's such a strong <laughs> song, dude. Yes, this one, you know, sucked me in right away. I can remember listening to it for one of the first times uh, while driving, um, just being like, wow, they fucking killed it on this song. It's wonderful. Mm. And it's so... It feels brief too. Like it's four minutes long, but it feels like it's only two and a half. Mm -hmm. You never get sick of it. <laughs> oh, I love this right here. This, this bridge right here, the extended palm mute going into this bridge, and it feels Halloween-y. Oh, <laughs> the Tim perfect Burton coming time. in. Tim Burton produced this bridge. I know exactly. <laughs> Special guest producer Tim Burton here, the bridge. <laughs> and Gerard is just killing it, man. Rob Cavallo knows, really knows how to get the most out of his vocalists. Ugh. Yeah, there's, there's very little to say about it ex except just, you know, orgasmic expletives. It's just, a, it's one of the best songs on this album. Ugh. Too good. Yes. And I've decided that despite my criticisms of two tracks on this album, I will be adding this to my top 100 list. Nice. This, but where? The album? Is yet to be determined, yes. Oh, well, I guess we'll, maybe we'll sure. talk about that when we're done talking about all the songs. Right. Coming up at the end here of This Is How I Disappear. From one banger to another, we're going to be bleeding into the sharpest lives. And banger indeed, right? Mm -hmm. but if you haven't been banged enough, it's like, do we need to be banged a fourth time as hard mm -hmm. as this? And then go into track five? I don't know. Like, exactly. That, that's where the, the, this album gets elevated amongst the rest. It's like something supernatural took this to another level. I don't know what it was. And they never created it again. But I mean, they gave it to the Black Parade themselves, the real Black Parade. And then they came back with this album. And, and, and then they couldn't ever create it again. But that's okay. It's okay, because we have it. We can always listen to it whenever we want. So going into the bit of the story aspect of this song here, you know, similar to some of the story elements of American Idiot, where Jesus of Suburbia kind of reflects on his life and, you know, where he's been, some of the self-destructive behavior. That's what this song is. This song is, is the patient 
reflecting on his life and you know hanging out with the vampires and and um, what do you call it loving the poison so to speak you know I'm gonna listen to your words when I listen back to this episode it's okay this 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 song (laughs) is too good to like not pay attention to it's beautiful it's beautiful it's like again more things should be done like this there's so Mm -hmm. much that we listen to that doesn't sound like this it's like cool like why why make music if you're not going to make something like this right (laughs) but adam when why why if if every (laughs) song if every album is this great then like no albums are great we have to listen to the trash albums to enjoy (laughs) albums like this (sighs) trent reznor i'm looking at you For every Trent Reznor, we're gonna get, you know, uh, a Black Parade. This freaking chorus, dude. I, I feel like I mean, this, this is. is go it's ahead. four good rocking out of the box choruses in a row. Yeah. It's like, how much better can you get? How much blacker can you get? And we haven't even hit the lead single yet. And you know, oh, yeah. and, and, and like this is a, this is another song I feel like also kind of eases people in because like when you get to the mid excuse me when you get to the midway point of this album it's going to start getting weird it's going to start getting a little bit more concepty it's going to start getting a little bit more heady with its with its concepts or with its the, uh, you know thematic elements but i feel like this first half being so banger heavy as it is like I think this was the way to ease people in, whether whether you're new to this band or you're returning from the previous two albums. It's, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I, I agree. Very smartly, you know, put all these heavy hitting songs in the, in the in the in the front of the album. Now I still feel track five is ill placed. Oh, I I don't feel like it goes here, and I I think nothing. I don't know how I would change it up, but because mm. track five is an entity un, into itself that it feels like it should be the opening track. This, you're you're very right. I was about to say that too. This song, we're going to be listening to the Welcome to the Black Parade in just a second. Like, this song could easily be the opening track. It could very easily be the final track. And I used mm. to be right there with you about... Mm-hmm it's weird at track five technically track four whatever you want to call it but like i've maybe it's just because of my repeated listenings to it like i think it fits here maybe i just accepted it right i don't know are you gonna play it now or are you playing it now? it's playing it's playing <laughs> i have not skipped a track uh, would you be the savior of the broken that's where i am so while Dead might be the like thesis of the album, Welcome to the Black Parade is basically explaining what the album is about. Like it, it's, it's explaining who the patient is, how he died, what his last moments were, what he felt like when he joined the Black Parade, and in a way like what the Black Parade is all about, right? Like the Black Parade is kind of like the entity that comes for you when you die. And it, and it is, you know, very similar to um, the Dia de los Muertos. Like, it's a celebration. Like, hey, welcome. Like, you're, you're, we're here. You know, we're going we're gonna to live forever. And, you know, the, the best version of yourself is going to be here with us. And, you know, not everybody gets this privilege. Um, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful song. Queen could have written this. And 
you know, mm -hmm. if, if Freddie Mercury was singing these vocals right now, like, you would have... Oh yeah, this is just a lost Queen song. <laughs> yeah. And you know the band is making a statement to have to be mm -hmm. their first single when you have that... Like, nobody else was doing that at the time. And no, not at the time. Was, uh, and it was very bold for this band to do this, you know? I know. It's strange that no other bands... Like, everybody tried it in the 80s varying degrees of success mm -hmm. but in 2006 it was a whole other story and they had to say like like we're gonna leave some people behind with this kind of thing but i don't i don't think they really did. no i think i think everybody maybe it was like me and was confused at first but like you you can't deny how great this songwriting is how interesting the storyline is and the and, and the thematic elements are um but i also think too if this was the first track would this make the subsequent tracks feel weaker by comparison? If you come out, if you come out, I'm sorry. Basically, if you come out swinging, if this was the first track, right? If you replace, let's say you take the end out, you go to this mm -hmm. one and you go straight into dead. Like, if you come out swinging with, with, with your big giant black parade dick right here at track one, like, would that make the rest of the song seem weaker by comparison? I don't think so. I think you go to the end, you go welcome to the Black Parade, and then dead. Oh, that's just me. Okay. I'm sure they had this discussion quite a bit. Because that, mm -hmm. That's a tough decision to make. Yeah. Um, but I don't get paid those kind of big bucks. Right. Yeah. And I don't think. Um, you know, it, it, it was all. It was obviously a very poignant thing to make this the lead single too. Very smart decision. Because um, it, it, it does two things. It, it, it informs the audience. The direction that we're going, it informs the audience that like this is a this is a this is a concept album, and three like it's gonna make a lot of money because it's an amazing song, <laughs> you know. But uh, it's gonna get the attention that it's demanding. Yeah, that it so solely deserves. But uh, you know, I, I think sitting here at track five, I think that's the best place for it, right? You don't want to save one of your strongest songs for the very end. Um, you don't want to. You don't want to blow your load right away at the top. I think just putting it right here, close to the middle, is the best thing we can do for it. Maybe because you kind of go into ah, man. I don't even know how to describe the next like third of the album here. It's a little up and down. As far as tempo goes. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like right here, right at the end of this track, like this is where this is when the album's gonna start to get weird. This is when the concept's going to start to go in and out and um, and, and where the story's going to take you to new different places, where the tone's going to shift. Um, this is kind of like the end of the first part of the story, really. Um, you know, we, we've joined the Black Parade, uh, we've had our fun with Black Parade, and we've, uh, what do you call it, we've reminisced at our time before we joined the Black Parade, and now the patient is going to kind of reflect a little bit more about some of the more important aspects of his life you know so fuck what a great outro dude like i love the love the marching drum i love, I love the marching drum beat at the background as we fade out and just finally get a boom right there oh chills every single time mm -hmm. so that's why it, it seems weird to track five but i don't think i could have placed it too much better but i don't know whatever and i Let's think we need it. And I think also we need this downtime with I Don't Love You to try to kind of 
whew, like try to try to come down a little mm-hmm. bit. Like you know, Welcome to the Black Parade got my blood moving a little bit. It's one of the best songs I ever heard in my life. This is also one of the best songs I ever heard in my life. I love this song. Um, this song is good. This song is great. So like I I, I don't love you is you know this is the patient. I think very obviously like reflecting on an old relationship um, as they're facing their death. I can't tell if he's on his deathbed reflecting on this because uh, like I said the, the story is told non-linearly um, but it's 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 definitely a time in his life where he thinks about the person whose heart he broke and how that affected him and how that maybe affected his behavior uh, when he was maybe you know going out and about and being destructive during the sharpest lives and things like that but um, yeah it's it's a very powerful song too even removed from this album it's a beautiful ballad that's about falling out of love and that's not a that's not something that you hear a lot you know exactly because now you're talking about two people who are alive so it gets confusing (laughs) it doesn't belong you know it could have been on the 10 year anniversary B-side, Momo Jumbo crap. That, you know, they should was. have released two albums, the Black Parade and the Alive Parade. You know? And the White Parade. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oops, I mean... <laughs> anyway. I, I mean, it's, it, you gotta have your, your breakup anthem somewhere in the middle here there's gonna i mean Broadway usually writes one every other day especially in these in this era mm-hmm. and this might be about burt mccracken for all we know oh we never, we never have done right. too deep i mean burt mccracken wrote a song about gerard way too you know i know it was around this time bro i just don't love you like that <laughs> we were gonna be bowie and mercury and freddie mercury living together forever and they did and, and they were bowie and mercury they, they did uh, under pressure together Oh, okay, and then, good. And they went <laughs> south. And not in the mm. good way. Well, Gerard, there's only one thing I have to say about that, bro. Small, simple, safe price. Rise <laughs> the wind. And again, a young band doing guitar solos in 2006. I mean, yeah. let alone in 2004, where he, he did a few in, in that album. Oh, yeah. That wasn't happening here. And that's one more thing that stood out. Most bands weren't coming back to the guitar solo yet from what I yeah, recall. Yeah, and it, it very much informs the type of music that they listened to back then. They, they, they listened to like the big arena rock and the big hair metal and you know those, those type of bands, those big gigantic bombastic theatrical bands um, from back in the day. And the, the way that their band is structured too is very smart. You know, you got Frankie Arrow who comes from a punk background who, you know, he, he, he's great at providing those big loud crunchy guitars and you got your Ray Toros who's very technically gifted and you know he's, he's the one mostly doing the guitar solos and stuff and he grew up like with a classical background and you know he's he's you know he's got punk sensibilities of course he's in the band but you know the, the, the back and forth between them the way that they duel the way that they write together is so powerful and makes for such a unique sound and how this compares anything against Stadium Arcadian of the same year we'll never know Right. <laughs> In a way, this album like ruined all other albums from 2006, right? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Until you dig deeper, because there's a lot of good. Absolutely. Albums. And we're now in this track seven, House of Wolves. House. Wolves get back to the angsty, angry, punky. Damn. Mm-hmm. Like, you ready for more bangers? 
on. Yeah, I need we're a back to the bangers. We got a break. You know, we, we got we got a good cry out of that one. Now we're now we're back here, baby. So the patient has arrived in hell. Uh, so you know, he, he he talked about the wickedness. He talked about the, the the corruption of innocence that he sees around here, and he's talked about how like he sinned and what he's done to deserve, um, you know, being here. So why does Black Parade take me here? You know, he's going through his journey in the afterlife, and this is a little bit of a stopgap, but like he's. This this is his um, I guess description of 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 the hellscape that he's landed in, and the music itself too like very much informs that hellish hell you know that hellish nature the chaos the chaos that's all around too. Is this the heaviest song? Yeah, one day, Adam. I'm expect I, I expect you to turn in your homework on this album by next week, okay? <laughs> Show your work. This might 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 be the heaviest song, even though there's a lot of heavy stuff. In this, mm-hmm. I guess this is the most punk. I guess you could say. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. This 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 is. I, I've seen live footage of this song being played, and this always gets both the band going. This gets the crowd moving. Like this is where most of the pits happen. Is this that is the song here? I think I'm long past really? the uh, the yeah, idea. Like a of... very. Go ahead. This is a very Green Day bridge right here. Yeah, I know. Mmm. Oh, so good, dude. Yeah, that's that's totally dark here. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> you, 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 you. Green Day ran. Wait, walked? No, that works. <laughs> yeah, walked so that Mike can run. It's, it's, it's beautiful stuff. Yeah, and if also, only... these albums aren't competing with one another, Adam. I know. They can exist I simultaneously. I just want more things in the world that sound this good. You know, we could also just not listen to ever, new music ever. We can just listen to this and American Idiot for the rest of our lives. Yeah. I think we've earned that. I know. For all the can't swims out there, <laughs> Trent Reznor's. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the most controversial song on the album, shall we? Yeah, so we're coming up at the end of House of Wolves here. Are you going to be okay to talk about this? I mean that seriously. Yeah. Okay. Because this song, I think, is 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 the outlier. Okay. This is again one of the songs since it's that you only don't like right. Yes, and, and I'll never like it. I've, right. I've just come to that that understanding. We're and talking I've about decided... the song "Cancer," of course. Yeah, this is like. So the... tell me the story. Tell me the story behind. It. Um. So we're going through the um the the patient on his deathbed, right? It, it's cancer. The doctor talked about it in the song um, "Dead," and we're getting a little bit more context of what he talked about here. Um, you know, he expresses his regrets and his agony and how he just does he's not ready to let go right he's not ready he's, he's he doesn't know what's going on he does, he's not aware of the black parade at the at, at the moment and this is just the most raw and real and most human that the patient i feel like is at as far as the story goes like he this is the most relatable thing I, th- I think most of us would feel this um these these emotions and these feelings like on our deathbed right if should we be if, should we ever knock on wood be in this um situation 
So I, I think this is like one of the least concepty songs on the on the record. I, I mean, this is about how the patient died, but this isn't like going into surrealism. It, it, it's not. We're not taking the journey through the Black Parade with this one. It's 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 specifically about a man and his regrets and how he's afraid to die. And I've heard a lot of songs about this subject. You know, mm-hmm. we've listened to a lot of songs about dying and death and people dying and everybody dying and most people dying and you dying and me dying. Mm-hmm. But this one is there's something missing from it. It's too on the nose, and I rarely use that term to sure. describe the song. But that's my only thing, and and I think him being Gerard Way about it gives it a sense of ingenuity. Hmm. Like him being disingenuous in, in his Gerard Way, like at, at the same intensity level. I'm gonna pause it right here. Yeah. So say exactly what he needs. Yeah. To let's, say. let's let's pause it right here before we go into Mama. <laughs> You're right. That's a good idea. Um. So, because I had this thought when I was listening to it, like if he had sang it in a more somber tone rather than being at the same Gerard way intensity that he's at, at the rest of the album. Would that change it? Possibly. I don't know. So, but what I think is going on here is I think that you're right about the bluntness and the lack of metaphor here being jarring. And I Mm -hmm. think that's on purpose because I think it's supposed to jolt you out of the surreal nature of what's going on in the story. Like it, we're, we're, I think this is meant uh, to remind to you. you back. Yeah. Like, bring remember. you back and let you know this, this was a man and he died and like, yeah, we're, yeah, we're having some fun by like, you know, jaunting through hell and hanging out with the black parade and hanging out with mother war and all the other spirits and stuff like that. But like Woo. this, huh? Woo. Woo. Having fun. <laughs> Wee. <laughs> but, this uh, is incredible. <laughs> we should all die. Aren't we dead now? <laughs> we should all die. It's right. Dude. We could be dead. We can be dead in like five minutes. I know. We, we just, we just dude, we, we could join, we could put a makeup on right now and just join the Black Parade, dude. Let's do it. It's so easy. All of our problems are solved. <laughs> but no, like, anyway, this, this is to remind you that, like, outside of the story that, that's going on right now, at one point, this was a man who was afraid of dying and who was, a, who was, who, who, who was hurt and afraid, just like you and me are, you know? You and I don't get the luxury of joining the black parade when we die, you know, but like, so it's just to, I know it's, I, 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 just like Santa, you know, I, I hate to break the news to you, but (laughs) (laughs) the black parade is my Santa, you know, (laughs) Uh, it was the friends we made along the way. Exactly. All along. (laughs) And thankfully, and hopefully (laughs) not again, knock on wood, cancer won't be the friends we made along the way. But, um, but I think that's what, I think the point of the song here. It's supposed to be like, it's kind of shake you out of apathy. And that's where I, I say where he's singing it in that same, you know, uh, the, the same cadence, the same like F you attitude. That's like going into the rest of the, of the songs that I love so much. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I can't come down to a like, like emotional level that this is trying to hit when it's coming across that way. And I know that's weird, but I totally had that thought last night of, I, I can't even like think of how to, to, to sing it. Okay. But, um, you know, you know what I mean? Like just the way he's yeah, singing it. Like, like, his, like, like he's being a little. Away cause I'm awful just to see. <laughs> like, right, right. You, th- you think he's being a little too like whimsical with, with his voice? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it, like it just, want... it feels, 
like it needs a more somber cadence yeah like maybe a, sl- a bit slower tempo and he's like maybe whispering mm-hmm. a little bit more and that'd I can be imagine, interesting like previous versions of this song could have probably had that where it's sung more ballady in, in that sort of way but they were like oh no you gotta stay in character bro oh sorry yeah you're right you're right and then so he did that and so for me it's it's janky from that and you know i'm trying i, I don't know if it has anything to do with personal experience that to the side no no um, yeah and i and i i understand that too coming also coming from your experience too like you know, for a song that's this powerful or that it's intended mm-hmm. to be this powerful, like you want the, the the lyrics and the vocals, especially the forefront of the song, to take the subject matter as seriously as you take it. Right. Is that where you're coming that from? Takes, that that, that kind of takes me out of the, 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 the narrative, I guess. But mm-hmm. again, and it's two minutes and 22 seconds. So I, that's why I've decided that regardless of my feelings of this song, I'm going to put it down as just an album that I can lump with other albums that I only like only dislike one song, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and <clears throat> so, to that note too, the two minutes, 22 seconds, like it's, it's almost an interlude. Like, cause, cause also right. when I talk about the next song here, mama, like we're not even talking about the same character. It, it really does mm-hmm. feel like this is the interlude of the play and we're here to, and we're jumping into the, to the point of view of somebody else. So mm-hmm. maybe that was the intention as well. Like maybe like you're right. Maybe at some point the song was sadder and longer, but I, I think it works. So I'm as, put it, go ahead. I'm going to put it right here. Number 69. Typing it right now. <gasps> We're not even done with the album. You've already ranked it. <laughs> Good job. I, 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 I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the rest of the album uh, goes, but <laughs> I'm just going to do it now. All right. It's like, so putting here right here, number 69, right between down on the upside by Soundgarden. Mm. And mm. by by the way, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. If you've mm, that's a pretty good album, Adam. That's a pretty good album. And don't ever say that I, I can't change my style. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, okay. is that ready about it here? Do you want to move on to Mama? I'm ready because I right. love this next song. Here we go. So in three, three. two, one, Mama. So uh, before the song actually starts here, I'll talk a little bit about the story here. So we're actually jumping perspectives. We're going to the point of view of a, a basically a soldier who's at war at the moment. He knows he's going to die and he's regretting the fact that he never got to mend his broken relationship with his mother. And could that be Mother War, who's also the one of the main characters of the Black Parade too? Like, who knows? I think that's intentionally left ambiguous but um in in my opinion probably it probably is but um and that that's that, yeah, that's what the song is about usually it's, it features a uh, liza minnelli also which is a very interesting and odd cameo appearance exactly and she's only like heard slightly yeah and she's I, like from the I, bridge on like and she also does mm-hmm. like over- overtures for the rest of the song well. in, in the outro yeah now now this song obviously starts out very jaunty Car- carnival yes yeah um but it turns into one of like the heaviest arena rock like songs that's right up on par with yeah all the all the previous songs i feel it just has that janky beginning that is that kind of throws it off yeah and uh, initially too hooks. like for for a few years before you know you and i got start ta- start talking about this album way back when um like that jauntiness that kind of 
Tim Burton-esque feel to the first half of this song is what turned me off to it. And initially, I was like, eh, I don't really like this song a lot. But then you started talking about like that build-up, the, the way that it builds tension. And then it finally releases it, and it's just that gigantic... Like, as soon as Liza Minnelli comes in, it turns into a different song. It's a, it's a huge and bombastic, and the, and, and the chorus changes, and suddenly, like... It's almost as if all the other band members have like different instruments because they're so big and powerful. Oh, mm-hmm. and you know we'll compare it to teenagers in just a second, but we this one like <laughs> like all of the dynamics hit it so well. The hooks are right mm-hmm. there, and yeah, like I I don't know if I liked it initially and if it grew on me more and more over time, but I was always like surprised when you were just saying like. Like you hated this one, and mm. you'd be like, mah, mah, like you do your, your, your fun bit, kind of <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but but there's there's a whole rest of the song, like there, there's more to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yes, that's a little janky there at the beginning. And, and I and, and I then think you got that... this like really cool third verse right here, where it's like they just change it up with making it more heavy. The yeah, part there, it's and like, it's oh, almost as if like the guitars are a little out of tune at this point, but like intentionally. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the Frank Iero right there, oh. and then you got this like this destructive bridge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I feel like it. this is where the soldier dies in the story too, because also you know, mother, the mother character. I think it's a transition to the character of Mother War at this point, and maybe found her son at the in the Black Parade, and I think that's kind of what's going on here. And they're finally trying to reconcile, but it's messy. And you can tell, like, Crown the Empire on their Rise of the Runaways. Mm-hmm. Like, they tried to they tried to do this. They did not meet the mark one day. To varying <laughs> degrees of success, yes. And then you got, like, that really creepy Liza Minnelli vocal right here. You're just like, yeah. whoa, where the fuck did that come from? But cool. Yeah, and there's just enough in here, too. Like, I mean, you hear her, like, vocalizing during the last chorus and stuff, but, um, shit, it's so good, dude. Mm, yes the gang vocals as well and mm-hmm. it's just like how did they get Liza Minnelli to <laughs> sign on to <laughs> and <this>? why <laughs> and why it didn't make any sense but yeah, she has that like it. classical so like voice right I think that's mm-hmm. uh, you know they needed somebody like that to sell the power of the mother war character too mm-hmm. mm. Yeah, I always felt like this was one of the coolest, heaviest songs uh, as I absorbed this album through the years. Yeah, it's like it's so like interesting. Yeah, so. I've I've definitely come a lot uh, come around to it too, and I still think it's the weirdest song on this album, but like not in a bad way anymore. It's it's right. it's 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 weird in that way. It needs to be weird, you know. And at this point, like I'm ready for anything weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not surprising when you get a song like that after the previous tracks. <laughs> yeah. So we have here the song Sleep. Uh, this mm-hmm. is also an incredible song with an incredible chorus, incredible themes. I like this cool little distorted intro where the where, where we, we're starting to hear the story a little bit more and more from the patient's point of view. Um, mm-hmm. And from my understanding, this is basically the patient slowly diminishing on his deathbed and he's kind of talking about how the people in his care or or he who he's in the care of just like just stop talking just stop or sorry just stop caring for him just and and it's making his health like deteriorate more and more 
yeah. and it's causing like things like sleep paralysis and, and things like that. And I think that's, I, and I think because of that sleep paralysis, it's also um, maybe that's what like called the Black Parade to um, kind of make them make them aware of him, maybe something like that. Mm. I don't know. It's a little too it's a little too concept heavy this song, but uh, that, that's kind of what I gather from it. All the joys that was. Mm-hmm. Dying in your sleep, man. That's how I want to go. Maybe with a little bit of sleep paralysis. No, that's, that, that sounds fucking frightening. I don't know. Uh, in 2016, um, Rock Sound, the, the online magazine and slash magazine, they released a Black Parade compilation for the 10-year anniversary where a band, a, a different band would sing a different uh, song on, on, on this one. It's a, it's meant to be an homage to it, and and the bands do somewhat of a whatever job on some of these to varying degrees of success. One of my favorites though was uh, for Sleep Here, New Year's Day did um, did did their rendition of this, and and Ash Costello did a wonderful job. I thought that was a good version. I haven't yeah. heard it in five years now, but I remember like yeah. I mean, there, uh, some some bands did, you know, just did the song. Some bands kind of turned the song into something of themselves. Like Twenty One Pilots did their rendition of "Cancer" and kind of turned it into a love song, which was I, I thought and, very interesting. In in a way, I like that version better than the original. Version. Yeah, I was going to mention that when we had our talk about there. Like, was that somber enough for you? Like their version? That's right. That's where it kind of needed to be in, mm. in retrospect. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So maybe what I'll do is take the Twenty One Pilots version. There you go. Now you so you if you make a playlist on your music player with with that version on there, you've got the My Chemical Romance Black Parade Definitive Edition. <laughs> right, it'll it'll it might fit better. Yeah. So yeah, this has like this big giant outro chorus here, which is always really cool. Yeah. Kind of doing good. something similar to what Mama did, where it's building tension and then it releases it at the final chorus and the and, and the outro, which is just fantastic and. Like I want that outro to last for like another three minutes. Like I love that outro so much. And also, if it's if it's another three minutes long, it might also take the place of the next song. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I I don't know what's up with this track. Right. We'll out. get there we'll in a talk bit. Talk about it in a minute. And it's, have you seen the music video for Teenagers at all? No, I'm sure it's very. It's it's yeah it's got that kind of edgy school shooter type like nonsense to it. It's it's one of the it. I think it is the weakest music video that My Chemical Romance has ever done. And they did a video where it's it's just them in a dark room and like talking about <laughs> vampires. <laughs> I know it was great. We all loved it. That's what a music video should be, you know. None of this fluff. Like you can have like. A band in a dark room singing about vampires, and then you can go like 2.5 million music video budget and do the Black- Welcome to the Black Parade. But right. that's it. <laughs> so I feel like teenagers. Should we just should we just get it over with? <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, go over there now. We are at teenagers. 
I think, objectively speaking, one of the weakest songs. Yes. And again, only two two minutes and forty seconds. But it feels like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a story to this. It is just um, on on the while the patient is you know enjoying the afterlife with the black parade. He's reminiscing about his time as a teenager and all the kind of prejudice that goes along with there, and how everyone assumes that you know, especially if you dress a certain way. That like you're you're gonna murder them, or if you're gonna, you know, you're you're up to no good or stuff like that. But no, dude, I just I just I just love goth music. <laughs> but so, I don't like the honky tonk nature of this. I don't know what no. they were going for. I mean, is it is it written from the point of view of the mental health professional who's just like having a discussion with other mental health therapists? professionals about teenagers well if i'm reading the lyrics correctly uh, and this is just my interpretation it's it's the patient recollecting what like his therapist says to him oh okay. right which is probably not accurate but <laughs> right yeah and so i mean what the, i'm reading the the, the 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 patient is a bit of an unreliable narrator in some points but yeah slightly sometimes teenagers are slightly unreliable I don't yes know <laughs> according to the wikipedia article um said that he wrote the song on a New York City subway car full of high schoolers. That was the first time I felt old. I was nervous and I was a target. I felt like I had become a parent figure or oh, part no. of the problem. <laughs> well, I mean, again, Gerard so, Way was 62 years old when they wrote this album. <laughs> and about the relationship between the song and gun violence, Way said, that song almost didn't fit on the record because it's a topic that's so important to our culture. It's about a really big problem in America where kids are killing kids. The only thing I learned in high school is that people are very violent and territorial. Yeah, so, yeah that's true. So, you know, it, I think in a way this also, you could take this song right off this album and it, no one would miss it. Um, I, I, I struggle to, I, and, and I mean this genuinely, I struggle to find anybody who this is their favorite song on this album. Um, right. Now, so, if you talk to teenagers at the time, they liked it. Uh, I mean, fun. you might like the song because, like, yeah, nobody gets us, man. That's but like, right. would you, would they like this song over all the bangers? Probably I hope not. not. I mean, they're unreliable, as we've learned from exactly. Them. <laughs> hey, look at that. We talked through the whole song, but um, uh, yeah, it goes. it's it's no, whatever. B side, baby. B side. We didn't need it. It ruins the album. It kind of does. It kind of brings its pacing to a screeching halt, almost. Mm-hmm. Like if this, if this album, went, in, yeah, if this album from from sleep to here disenchanted, oh, mm-hmm. oh, perfect, right. <laughs> Calm down, old man. Oh, oh. my <laughs> teenagers, Adam, they're gonna get me. <laughs> so yes, I do enjoy disenchanted, and I would usually skip over teenagers. So in my mind, this is the logical next track. Yeah, I usually <laughs> skip teenagers, but because you know we were doing this episode, I kind of tried my best to let it come back into my heart and see if, that, if there was anything nice I could say about it. Yes. And we needed this one towards the end of the album to just kind of like get us ready. Mm-hmm. Winding down here. Next track is going to keep us in the testicles. That's okay. That second to last song. We're talking about basically disenfran- uh, like the disenfranchisement of your own life. Like, did I live a good life? Was I a good person? Did I make enough of a difference? You know, and, and this is either before or after he joins the Black Parade. I'm not sure, but it is, but it is a topic that I feel like 
a lot of us, especially, you know, once we become parents or become a little bit older or things like that, like, you know, we, we think about that a lot. We think about a lot about our legacy and like the, the impact we make on our families and our friends and in the world at large. Have you ever felt like that, Adam? Mm. I sure as fuck do. You speak of. I don't know anything about those types of feelings. Mm. And as we know on this show, we never talk about feelings. No. It's stupid. Anyway. Yeah, just 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 a fantastic, you know, a second ballad almost. Yeah, you know, it, it, but instead of love, we're talking about, you know, the meaning of life and what our life has meant. But it, it's a fantastic song. It, it 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 wells me up too, especially during the bridge where nothing is really being said. It's, you know, it's just Gerard kind of vocalizing, um, going whoa whoa. But there's so much emotion in those woes. Like it's almost as if they're like regretful woes. Mm. But that's about all I had to say about that one. Since this, is, since this one's kind of a long song, you want to go ahead and skip ahead? Okay. Let's skip do it. So here we go. Famous Last Words, the second single off of this album. Man, what a great single. What it a great is, dude. Great music video, of, too, I, because I they... Be- oh, go ahead. One of my favorite things about music is when you can go from the first chorus back into the verse... And when mm-hmm. you hit that perfect blending, you know it's an incredible song. And I feel like on this song, it does it better than most other songs out there. Even the really good songs. This one blows it away. Mm. It has that perfect way of doing it. It does, dude. And it has that finality to it while still feeling like there's still more songs to come, right? I think this could have easily been taking the place of, like, Welcome to the Black Parade. Um but uh, on the album, I mean, because it does feel like, oh, there, this is the end of this part of the story, but there's more to come, you know? Right. We were going to be ready for the next incarnation of the band, mm-hmm. whatever that ended up being. And boy, did we, or you, waited quite some time. <laughs> right. <laughs> I went from one week to the next week, but for you, it was a long wait. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do love, I, I do want to shout out the music video for this song, too. Uh, like, it, like I said, this was the second single off of this album, and uh, you know, I'm sure we've all seen the Welcome to the Black Parade video. Big production, lots of props. You know, there's a big float, and there's a lot of costuming and things like that. But um, famous last words literally took all of that and burned it. And there, and the band is or the band is basically saying goodbye to the Black Parade as a concept. We're saying goodbye to the Black Parade as a concept here in this record, and. Um, you know, it, it's just a great send-off, I feel like. The greatest returns to a, to a, to a verse. Mm. Yeah, you're right, dude. The transitions are just so seamless, and, like, they make it look so easy. I remember when we were, like, you know, writing music together, and, like, you know, one of the things that we struggled with a lot was, like, transitions. Because, you know, yeah. our guitarists and sometimes our bassists, like, will write these, like, interesting parts. And then we'd say, oh, these kind of fit together. But, like, how do we go from one to another without just doing a dead stop? And, like, when I hear smooth transitions like this, I'm just like, mm, chef's kiss, dude. You make it sound so easy. Though one of the weaker choruses on the album, I hate well, to say when, it, when you have a strong song. an album 
that is just full of amazing choruses after amazing choruses. I, you know, I mean, some are going to be our favorites over others, right? Right. But you can, you know, come back to that verse again and be blown away. Mm-hmm. So it's just always, it was always one of those things where I was like, wow, this is so good. And then like, oh, that chorus is just like... <laughs> Yeah, it's a little cancer, and we're good to go. Yeah, it's it's a little on not on the nose, but it's a little kind of too structured of a chorus. Like it, it kind of lacks grit. I feel like probably one of their most famous songs, right? Yeah, I'd say so. Like if 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 you were to if you were to make a My Chemical Romance greatest hits, which I'm sure there's a good handful of them out there, this is this is going to be up there in the. TRL had to retire this video in March of 2007. No idea TRL was still a thing. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) destroying and destroying lives and driving wedges into the culture. Still in 2007, good for you. Yeah, they 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 don't know when to stop that TRL. (laughs) Adam, now they're reaching the end here. We'll go ahead and skip um, the hidden track. Blood. It's 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 a fine little jaunt. Uh, but um, what are your final thoughts here on the Black Parade? I think that's all I have to say about that. I mean, it, it, it was a bit, it was almost like an album I knew I would love before I listened to it. And I put it off for way too long, and then I listened to it, and I was like, yep, that's exactly what I thought it would be. Nice. Um, other than a couple of little missteps along the way. But mm-hmm. yes, and now, um, just in our discussions here, uh, I have moved it up. I moved it ahead of No Man's Land by Frank Turner. But before uh, Song of the Siren Culture, the song Siren Song of the Counterculture. <laughs> you know all so, of those, all three of those albums that you just mentioned. Mm. Great albums, beautiful. Mm. So it, it, this album's in good it right company. Here, number sixty-five, and I'm gonna leave it there for good. Nice. Leave it there for good. Never again until you come around on the song Cancer, and then it's a. Then we're, <laughs> then we're bumping it up. <laughs> no, this is it because I'm not doing math anymore. I'm, that's right. Up on no more math. To the top 100 list. Look at so you. You're a big boy now. I'm doing it by feelings, and I've always said feelings are frightening and should be left to the professionals. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm going to still talk about them on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You're okay with that. So thank you again uh, to my chemical romance, and thank you, um, listeners, for uh, you know listening to us gush about this very important album. I feel like you know I I don't feel like there were a lot of copycats for once this album came out i think you know we can probably attribute maybe the sound of like panic at the disco maybe going to that theatrical element you know i know you mentioned crown the empire with uh rise of the runways you know they kind of did their own theatrical thing like that but um you know i I expected when this album came out and and was as big as it was um that lots of other albums or bands would try to do their quote unquote queen album to varying degrees of success, but um, not, not too much, huh? I don't think so. Like crown the empire kind of had a couple of tracks that sounded a little circusy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't really think, I mean, until Sem paternal came out, this yeah. was kind of the bar. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head from the like 07 to 2010 range of time. Yeah. So that would have been like the, the, the ripple effect 
of this album, but I haven't done like deep dives into those years for music. Like I've done with the rest of the next decade. Yeah. And while that surprised me that there weren't a lot of copycats, I think that's also for the better because that also makes this album stand on its own a lot, a lot taller. You know, if there aren't a lot of copycats trying to do their version and, you know, and things like that, then like that would kind of lessen this album's impact. So, you know, it's good that like not a lot of people tried to make their own version of this. Mm -hmm. Interesting stuff. But yeah, glad we finally deep dived into it. Finally, after however many years it's been, we've been on this podcast. Nine years. We made that promise. (laughs) Nine and a half, Mike. (laughs) That's right. There's only half, half a year till our decade anniversary coming up good god what have we been doing <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that, that's the black parade if you haven't listened to it recently go listen to it on your own it's amazing and uh, we'd love to hear what you think uh you know you can you can join us over on discord at the invite the public invite down below you can talk to us over at our email at the skinny with mike and adam at gmail.com all i really get from that email is just like promotions from like uh not not producers from like from like a and r people so you know i don't know send me an email i I don't care what it is maybe it's a minions meme i don't know make me feel alive again (laughs) uh what else get get back on social media mike get back to that facebook with all the minions memes oh ew but but then i also (laughs) i also then i have to also listen to like like trump supporters and anti-vaxxers and stuff like that so you know i think i'm better off off not on there (laughs) Leave your kids at home to protest the vaccine mandate. No. Oh, no. It's okay that we mandate all the other vaccines that we give our kids, but like just, but the one from this liberal fraud virus that doesn't exist? Absolutely not. The Biden, the Fauci, ouchie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's uh, great, Mike? Good God. In two weeks, I'm going to get me, me, me one of the booster doses. Oh, nice, dude. And that's that's when where the five G is, right? In the booster dose. Well, I mean, that's like the that's like what, what do you call it? Like the the the, the extender, like the Wi Fi extender. Like you have the five G oh. now, but like yes. if you want to kind of you know extend the range of it so that you, all of your devices can get that sweet sweet five G, then you want to get the booster. Mm. Mm. So that's what I'm going to get on November fifth. Nice, then dude. We'll be able to do the podcast from anywhere. Oh, nice. Everywhere we go. (laughs) 5G, baby. I get get three doses before my eight-year-old gets one. How about that? Yeah, how about that? (laughs) Is it still not ready for that age range? No, they're they're, they're saying a few weeks. Okay. So we'll get there. Hopefully before the holidays, that'd be good. They're going to be doing clinics at at schools, so that that should go well. (laughs) Yeah, especially in your neighborhood, man. When you mix, like things like this with schools you know it's it's all it always goes well mm-hmm. so, so also fun. happy halloween everybody this is the last week before halloween and enjoy some black parade before that. i think it's a great you know because of the album's themes you know it, it, it it's a great halloween album as well so go check that out and thank you for everyone who checked out our um, halloween playlist episode from last week as well adam uh we had some new albums as well as well as some old albums. You want to get these uh, right. first impressions out of the way before we move on to what else we've been checking out? Should I talk about? Uh, so we got some Save change the best of for plans. Say the best change for last. Of plans. I, I I don't know how to do that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, uh, you know what the, of of these three albums here, you know what the best one is. Come on, 
the ones that just came out on Friday. Correct. Is that what we're talking? About? Yeah. Okay. Um, amazing things, change of plans, and uh, a dream about love. We yeah. need to talk about that one. That the BB's born. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like somebody's in the doghouse with their relationship on that album, but you know, whatever. <laughs> well, he, it, it it sounds like. Um, Anthony Green is finally, after however many times he said he keeps saying this, that he's finally off the wagon of heroin. Maybe, maybe, Mike. But anyway, Can't Swim released an album that was interesting. I forgot all about this band, and then everybody was telling us that they were had an album. So I was like, well, I guess I got to listen to them. They were my number thirty something album of twenty eighteen. Got to um, listen to this it. album. Th- this one seems pretty heavy so far. I don't know if I'm going to end up liking it. But it seems like a different direction with some yeah. Caleb Shomo featurettes on it. Yeah, they had that EP. I think it was last year. I can't remember what it mm-hmm. was, when it was, where they had like all of those um, different features, and that was pretty fun. So I'll take your word on that because I didn't listen to it. But this seems like it's it's brief, and uh, that last album was pretty good. It was like a six out of ten for me. So I have a feeling this will be in the same vein, but yet to be determined. Yeah, the EP was last year. That, it was called Someone Who Isn't Me. They do that thing like on Metallica albums where they go, go! <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. I which, love that, I don't dude. Think they've, I don't think they've done that before as far as I knew. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I legit, like as, as, as corny as it is, I legit love that. <laughs> <laughs> it always, it tells you something exciting is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Just, just saying that. Um, and then Broco, Don Broco with amazing uh, things. Are you digging this? Are you I digging this, Mike? Because I'm five listens in and I'm love it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like really like, I don't, I still don't know where I stand. About oh, really? Four. Yeah. Four listens in. I'm going to just say, hmm, that's all I can say so far. Okay. What, what What's kind of making you trepidatious about it? Um. It, it, the I mean, Uber if you want song? swagger, if you want swagger, the swagger is there. But has it gone into full on douche? Is a whole other story. Well, from altogether. a scale of one to Austin Knight, right? Where where does this fall? <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Oh man, it's 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 getting there. It's getting there. It's not Austin quite Knight Austin range. Knight, right? He's not giggling in the in, in between verses verses right. and choruses, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all it's it's right at that like it's walking the line it's 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 edging right the previous albums had the swagger and and a little uh, not so much not not so douchey on the last two a little bit on the first one but the the hooks always backed it up and i'm like i'm not hearing the hooks like i've i've grown accustomed to interesting i I know i I, the first two tracks are pretty good I, i know that even though like, I'm just like, okay, whatever's going on here, I have no idea. But I'm, I, I, I don't know what to say about the rest of it yet. Yeah, but lyrically, this album is also very silly. And I think that's also maybe, mm-hmm. um, maybe, maybe that's kind of turning you off a little. Maybe, maybe. Mm. But we'll see. I, I don't remember hate, hating the first three albums after the first four listens. But this one, I'm, I'm still going to be trepidatious about it. Ooh, I'm interested to hear what you think of it uh, next time we meet. Yes, me too. Me too. Um, yeah, and then we got some some Circus Survive EP. I mean, I only need an EP from this band going forward, yeah. right? I mean, 
the amulet was pretty good, but yeah, yeah long time coming too. The amulet was what twenty seventeen, I think eighteen. Okay, it's been a few years. Um, yeah, it feels like it's been a long time since we've heard anything from this band. So, um, but yeah, maybe twenty seventeen. So looking it up, yeah, September of seventeen. Very good. So four years. Um, and I've not been a fan of these this band's previous EPs, that's for sure. Yeah, their EPs have always been some of their weakest material, I feel like. But um, I guess, yeah, Appendage from 2010, I remember just being like... <sighs> it was pretty It was pretty low energy. This is a pretty low energy, too. I mean, it's not... It's mm-hmm. not I don't feel like this is an EP that's meant to, like, hook you in as far as, like, big choruses or anything like that. It's, it, it, right. it's, it's just meant to make a lyrical statement. I think Anthony Green just had a lot he needed to get off his chest. And, and, and you know, instead of writing it in a diary like the rest of us do, um, yeah, I guess <laughs> he needed to turn into the songs. Exactly. Exactly. So that's all I got for new stuff. Same here. I listened to the next, or actually the first EP from LA Salami called Another Shade of Blue. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. I liked it. It's, it's, it's not as good as the follow up the prelude EP. Um, but it's still pretty good. It's from 2013. Um, it's kind of, it's a very introductory. Hey guys, this is who I am. Kind of, kind of thing with some good tracks. Um, the last track is about his cat getting older. It's not a very good song. (laughs) That's so sweet, dude. (laughs) I know it's adorable. It's just talking about how his cat is getting older and how she didn't used to be so old. (laughs) so it's it's his style now but i'm jumping into his first lp dancing with bad grammar and i'm i'm digging this one quite a bit it's it's getting a little bit more on the aggressive side which is interesting like a full Um, band type of sound or yeah yeah with uh, with like just the first track uh kind of has some heavy guitar work in it like a dun 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 kind of thing going on so um it's it's a change in sound. It goes back to some more acoustic-y stuff. It goes more full band stuff. It's pretty long. There's three tracks from the Prelude EP on here that make it even longer. So if you skip over those ones, it's probably in the forty-five to fifty-minute range total. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm liking it. I'm, I'm digging it. He's, Very cool, man. He's, yeah, I, he's I can't getting... wait to dive deep more into this artist too. And, and from the sounds of it too, like I really like when folk artists kind of go a little heavy get a little bit more gritty Mm -hmm. it it always seems to be a good combination so i'm kind of digging that one so i have a few more albums for him to go after this um there's like a another two eps and two more full lengths after this one so very cool and then i listened to the hope list from lonely the brave from came out january of this year um not as good as the first two Lonely the Brave albums. Long break, obviously. COVID got in the way. They had their full-time jobs to attend to. Um, it, it doesn't have the big, like, epic moments like the other two albums have. It's still all right. I gave it, like, a six out of 11, I believe it was. Okay. So, you know, I can't recommend that one too much, but I don't remember if uh, – if, Tom was all over this one back at the time. Let us know, Tom. Let us know. But yeah, I give it a seven out of 11. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. And then I don't know what to tell you more about Nine Inch Nails. I'm excited. I'm only going to listen to the, the, this artist three more times 
and then I'm going to put them away for a long, long, long time. Mm, that's okay. I mean, Year Zero was the follow-up to With Teeth, came out in 2007. Um, the promotion for this album is more exciting than anything to do with this album at all. Oh, yeah? Because <laughs> um, obviously this this coincided with the video game that came out at the same time. And apparently, like, on the tour leading up to this, like, they, Trent Reznor or somebody was leaving, um, like, USB drives with different tracks like in different <laughs> venues like and so if you found the okay. usb drive then you'd like have an early copy of like brand new nine inch nails track and it like it just built and built to black parade levels of of hype um that apparently you and i knew nothing about in 2007 because <laughs> i didn't i didn't know anything about this yeah, i was not following this game. at all um, so like reading about that was interesting. And then you listen to the album and you're just like, there's nothing here. There's nothing to grasp onto. It's all just like, I assume it's about, uh, oh yeah, that's right. It's about the apocalypse in the, the distant uh, apocalyptic future of the year 2022. Oh and, no. It's talking about, it's talking about how back in 2007 we were warned about the coming apocalypse of 2022 and we didn't plan. And now this is the fallout from that. Um, I don't know. I think it's about like another species coming and taking over humans. I don't know, Mike, I just don't care. These songs are so boring (laughs) and it's all just the same. Like, like if you put this music into a movie, it probably works better with no lyrics don't listen to the without lyrics. Cause that's really boring as well. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's, there's nothing to grasp onto. It's weird. Like I don't go into albums and artists and be like, this is like one good song, zero good songs out of 16. Oh my man, gosh. Is it boring. Dude. I am so, so yeah, sorry. Opening. It sounds like you're having such a rough time with this. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm grasping at anything. The, 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 the track number two on year zero is a pretty good song. But that's about it. And then I don't know. And then you got 2008 was the slip. And that one is equally as boring. You know, it, it came out after he put out the Ghosts 1 through 4 albums. Yeah, are you not listening There's, to those? those I listened to I, I told you I listened to an hour of oh, it. Oh, right, yeah. It was just like, okay, I, I don't need to listen to this anymore. Yeah, there it's all instrumental here. stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And with with the slip again, two of these, tr- three of these tracks are instrumental. One is like seven and a half minutes long, and it's like, oh, it's so boring, dude. Like, there's nothing of substance at all. So, I decided I'm going to listen to 2013's Hesitation Marks, which I learned. Hesitation marks. Do you know what those are, Mike? Do you know um, ellipses. No, it's used to describe marks that are produced by testing a bladed weapon before attempting suicide or self-harm. Okay. That's fun. So you're like, Oh, that's fucking dope and epic and dark. And you're like, yeah, this album's going to be great. This album is exactly the same as the previous. Oh no. And it's still 63 minutes of that, but I'm only, I'm only five listens in, you know, it it might change. My my whole world might be changed around it. You never know. I'm going to let you know right now. (laughs) It's not going to (laughs) change. 
So then there was like three more EPs that he did between like 2016, 17, and 19, I believe. And I'm not going to listen to those. There's no point. Yeah, you're <laughs> stopping here basically? Or? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah. listen to Hesitation Marks three more times and then call it call it a day. It's weird. I don't know why this doesn't stick with me. I went back and watched the... But what if Ghost 6 colon (laughs) Locusts is going to be like the best album you've ever heard in your life? Are you willing to take that risk? It's a a continuation of Ghost 1 through 4. It's just going to be ambient, dark music that was made by Trent Reznor that he wanted to sell for movies that didn't get sold. Adam, what if ghost six (laughs) colon locusts follows up all of the concepts that were left behind behind by coasts five colon together. It's an hour and 23 minutes of minimalism and trip hop. If you like to do mushrooms and put this on, you'll probably have a good time. I have no doubt. But I don't have a problem, man. You don't you you're you're not listening to the right context. I know. If I had the mushrooms, I'd listen to it. And I I I feel like Trent Reznor is an is an artist. I can't say great, but he is an artist who (laughs) does things qualifies as an artist, right? (laughs) That a lot of people seem to enjoy that is nowhere near what I enjoy. And I went back and watched that episode of Song Exploder on Netflix where they did like an entire episode on the song hurt mm. um, where he broke it down and he talked about where he was in his life at the time and how that album downward spiral was and how he like wrote that album and then somehow like turned into that guy over the course of the tour for that album and ultimately drugs and alcohol a plenty. And so I'm like, I like this. And I went back and listened to downward spiral and I'm like, okay, I get it. Like I can see the the de-evolution of this person. It's it's almost like downward spiral and Sunday or and Saturday nights and Sunday morning. It's like they're the same concept, mm. but the Counting Crows did it so much better and so much more poetic, where like Trent Reznor did it of just like a I don't know, everything sucks and and then I, I changed Too much and then cynicism. Sucks. Yeah. And then everything sucks even more, even after I changed and then like hurt comes on and you're like, wow, what a great song about a guy at the end of his rope. And like that was, and that's how he says it was. It's just like, it, it's all just, just an epic descent into nothingness where you're left just feeling just as miserable as you were when you came into it. <laughs> so mm, there's, yikes. there's no like resolution. And apparently the album after that, the fragile is supposed to kind of pick up where that left off. Uh, who knows? I don't care anymore. This, uh, this, this band is, is dead to me. <laughs> this is, this is one of those rare instances where you don't even finish the band's discography, you know? I know. And the concepts are so lost to me. So I hope the people out there that got it, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, you gave it. You gave it a good try, man. It's okay. It's okay. So, is there any other artists that you're going to deep dive besides the La Salami? (laughs) Not at the present. That's all I have right now. I've Um, heard you say that before. So we'll we'll see what happens. I need to listen to that other album from Down Again about something about the devil and his gentleman. The devil is a gentleman. (laughs) I'll listen to that one eventually. Um, but yeah, otherwise I am listening to, that's it. I already said everything nice. I'm listening to this week. Maybe now's a good time to catch up on uh, re-listen to albums from the uh, beginning of the year. 
It's not November 1st yet. Oh, come on. It's close enough. <laughs> close enough. Close enough, Mike. So you're finishing up this the, the 2021 edition of Super Best Friends. I Correct. Love yeah. Going to pick that up, uh, pick it up, you know, <laughs> shortly in the beginning of next year. Um, but we, I'm finishing up Red Hot Chili Peppers and Jonathan for Shanti. Uh, so... Yes. Last album here I've got on my list is 2011's I'm With You, um, an album I believe I checked out a couple times back in the day. I don't remember too much about what I thought about it. And then upon listening to it again this past week, I sure was right about that. <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's still forgettable to you? It, you know, here's, so here's what I have to say about this. So Josh Klinghoffer, right? I think he's doing a decent enough job, but I can, yeah. I feel like I, I can hear he's that he's too afraid to step over his bounds or something. Almost as if like, mm. like, dude, I know you can play guitar. I know you right. have these cool ideas or maybe those were all John's ideas. I don't know. And, you know mm-hmm. and all the stuff that he's done with for Shanti, but in the past, but like, I feel like he's not giving it his all. It's the same problem that Dave Navarro had. Where it was just like, yeah, yeah, that's a I want great to come comparison. In and, and I and I don't really know what to do, and I'm just going to let Flea kind of guide me. And then yeah, play this is another like playing. Flea album, very very similar to One Hot mm-hmm. Minute. You're right. You know now and, the now the the melodies here are so much better than One Hot Minute. Yes, One Hot Minute is now that I've gone through all these albums is definitely my least favorite of all of these. Um, mm-hmm. I'm with you is shortly behind. Um, but yeah, it, it, that, it, just that feeling of like, well, the guitar is doing a decent enough job, but you know, when you, when you come off of Californication and by the way, and even a lot of the moments in stadium Arcadium where the guitar work is like bombastic and it's, it, it's got a mind of its own almost. And it's almost as if like John Frusciante is like a man possessed and then you come mm-hmm. in when the, and the guitar's like okay i'm going to i'm going to do some like you know tremolo here and there and you know like oh this is a yeah this is a solo i guess you know <laughs> it's like yeah, okay all right mm-hmm. well, but that's and, not the only thing too like I, I i do feel like also the songwriting on anthony kiedis's end is not very impressive um no, even like like brendan's death song ethiopia yeah i mean those are like emotional enough songs but like i don't know i don't know the the the, this the choruses weren't engaging which makes the album as a whole not feel very engaging and again i'm I'm coming off of three very strong albums so it's like you know well that's definitely where i was in 2011 especially after five years from Mm. stadium arcadium to (laughs) to this one yeah um I, I don't know like how much, how long it took to really grow on me. Cause eventually I just, I think I just kind of had to accept that it wasn't going to go back to what was. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of enjoyed it more, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean. I'm yeah. Right but I, I don't want it to sound like these songs are bad or anything. These songs aren't mm-hmm. bad. They're just kind of decent. They're just kind of, mm-hmm. okay. Like I get, I get it there. You know, Josh is doing, what he can it seems like he's scared i don't know like josh you know blink three times if you're in danger but like (laughs) but like 
I can I know you can play guitar, dude. Like I want to hear you like with this group of people do your thing. Like I don't know if he just didn't feel like it was his place. He didn't want to maybe step on John's toes, or I don't know what the case was. But he, he doesn't sound like he's given it his all in this album. It would have been it would have been interesting to see them live and how his renditions of some of those old tracks mm. would have been. Because I mean, he was in the band from 2009 till 2019. Like sure. he spent 10 years with them, and they only did the two albums. And the getaway is a huge garbage fire. Woof. Like, <laughs> um, like it, it, it's hard to imagine him not eventually like clicking in the right way with with this group after 10 years together. So that's why it's kind of interesting that he left. And then they were just like, John, can you please come back? And John's like, John, oh, it's can been you 10 pick years, me up from I'll... the mall? <laughs> and John's like, ah, it's been 10 years. I guess I'll give it a shot again. And yeah. I, I, I really, I just want to move forward at this point yeah. and, and figure out what the band's going to sound like I mean, in 2022. It'll be interesting. But at this point, too, like, I'm, I'm very interested to see what John has to bring to the band at this point. You know, it's been a long time and. I know that, you know, I'm just a recent fan of this band now, but like hearing that, hearing that, arc, hearing that arc that mm-hmm. John has been on and, you know, and hearing the stories from you and, you know, and all that stuff. And then just seeing where they were at with um, Josh, with these two albums, you know, I'm, I'm not going to listen to uh, the getaway again, No, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just hearing these two Josh albums too. And like, like I'm, and, and and also hearing John's like solo albums too. Like we'll just jump into oh, curtains yeah. here. Like like oh Ooh. my gosh! Like this dude is such an interesting and like he's he can, he can be an introspective songwriter when he when he needs to be. He can just kind of fuck yeah. around and still be successful and uh, when he when he wants to be as well. And like with with curtains, dude. Like it's such an introspective. slow tempoed but like moving album oh my god i know especially coming out after uh inside of emptiness i know it's been a couple weeks now since you listened to that one yeah and i and i did unfortunately listen to stuff a little out of order because i i don't know what the fuck i was thinking but (laughs) but uh (laughs) but yeah to kind of go from especially from the empyrean which starts to get like kind of weird and experimental Mm -hmm. and then kind of go from here where it's like kind of what you know it's a lot of clean guitars um but it's also kind of stripped down and raw and mm-hmm. introspective and, and throwing in like just the, the the electric guitar exactly when it needs to be mm-hmm. throwing in the the harmonies in such interesting ways and it's it's not buried by anything like this is just whew, i don't know straightforward this is this is one that it's just good all the way through. <laughs> yeah, it's just a solid, so like singer-songwriter album, and like mm-hmm. it, it kind of flies like under the to... radar. But like, but like when you hear it, it's like, yo, why isn't anyone talking about this? <laughs> this mm-hmm. is great, exactly. And when I went to listen to Cat Stevens this year, I was just like, oh, this is exactly what he was going for. Like the really, really good Cat Stevens stuff was like in this vein. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think the cast even stuff was nearly as good as this album, but it was just like, Oh, this is what his inspiration was by without a doubt. Yeah. I think this is also an album. People will just pick up too. Like, I don't, I don't like, it's good to, yeah. to go and listen to all of that, like prior inspiration and hear that progressive progression of him as a songwriter. 
as a solo songwriter, especially, and, um, you know, and see how this fits in with the past stuff. But, you know, that's a lot to ask somebody to do, but I feel like this is a good starting point. And if you like this, then go check out some of the past John Frusciante works. Man. Um, I I remember listening to this one last year and being so blown away. And I was like, Mike, you're, you need to listen to this. Cause I I feel like I, I can't not share it. Like he's doing folk, but in an incredibly unique sort of way that I had never heard folk before. Um, and all crammed into 33 minutes, you know, it's, it's, it's so yeah, brief. It won't take up too much of your time either. And it, you know, it, the pacing is done really well. Like songs bleed in and out of each other very well is, is it's just a solid album, dude. I know. I think Ascension is so good with like the, like overdubbed acoustic guitar mm-hmm. stuff there. And the closer is so good. Like that's where I was, like I, I was listening to it and just, you know, expecting to not like it that much last year when I finally was listening to this. It's like finally when Leap Your Bar comes on, I'm just like, oh my God, I think this might be one of the best albums of all time. (laughs) (laughs) And there I put it, number 37 on my list. Look at that. This week we talked about two of your greatest albums of all time, Adam. That's awesome. It's pretty good. It's pretty, and that's that's what we want to share to the masses. That's what this show is all about, baby. Woo! I know on on the Bywee Al Swally, I I I said you know I'm only going to do a bunch of dead artists from here on. Dead lead singers was going to be <laughs> my thing, but I was like, I should put this album on there because those guys would probably like it a lot. They they already listened to uh, to record only water way back when, mm-hmm. so like this is leaps and bounds away from that. Oh yeah, so much fun to to see that progression. And even if you just look at it too, I know he released like you know. 74 albums in between that and <laughs> curtains but like it's not that it's not even that long of a time frame and, no, but it sounds like 05. he's been refining his song his songwriting like mm-hmm. his entire fucking life it's yeah it was only four years which is so crazy so but it's it's all good and those of you guys out there who haven't taken that plunge give it a shot you won't be wasting your time yeah it's so it's, mike it, in to summarize it all, yes. Your favorite album of the journey? Like, should we? I, I just, I'm curious to know where, Ooh. which one was your favorite? Okay, of all of these. So, because I feel like you had more, more fun with this, with this deep dive than any of the other artists that I that I asked you to listen to. <laughs> well, I loved going through Pearl Jam. Mm, that was yes. fun. Like a lot of the live albums, especially in the beginning, was very interesting. Mm. Um, yes. Like Jerry Cantrell's "Degradation Trip," like really shocked mm. me with its with its how aggressively raw and cynical it was, but it, it was still enjoyable to listen to. Sometime within the next ten years, we should probably uh, talk about that album more. There we go. One <laughs> one one four hour episode of just track by track of that fucking album. <laughs> Uh, yeah stp like this was all been fun but um what do you call it red hot chili peppers let's see you know and i was thinking about this i knew you'd ask me this i'm kind of stuck in between by the way in californication i don't know Mm -hmm. which one i think i like the correct answer i think that's the correct answer i don't think anybody can really decide which one is better over the other <laughs> i think californication has more memorable songs not just the singles but i feel like by the way is better written overall 
I, I'm just going to sit here and agree with everything you say. I, yeah, I can't like, that's my I can't answer. Argue with <laughs> if I had, like, that's it, a very valid point. <laughs> my heart tells me by the way, like if, if, mm-hmm. if you had these in front of me, like right now, I'd probably choose by the way to listen to. Um, Cause that's the, that's, that's the, the shifting album. You, the, right. The album, yeah. The band moving away from everything it once was, but it still has that funk element though. It still has like, that red hot chili peppers flavor mm-hmm. it's got a little bit of flea penis in there you know <laughs> and i always forget like like even in my my deep dive of grunge from 01 to 05 like i forget like by the way was right there in the middle of that mix like that was one of the few current albums i was listening to that year if you, you throw in some audio slave and you know live was in there and a few other random things um like this one like my, my bar was set so high with like all the grunge stuff. So it was always kind of like underneath that since like the Alice in Chains stuff was, was more of what I like really wanted to hear at that time. Mm-hmm. But in as 20 years go by, it's hard to not notice how incredible all those elements are. Right. Yeah. But yeah, th- this is, this, That's... this has been fun so far. Like a lot of different bands. Like I, I still have this whole list in front of me too. A lot of different bands, a lot of different genres, different perspectives and you know not everything's been a winner in my book but like it's still cool to you know take a peek inside of your mind a little bit and kind of see where you're coming from as far as the music you grew up with and how that informs the music you listen to now and you know that's 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 been that's been a a fun trip so you know we got metallica which i'm sure i'm gonna have oh i'm gonna almost do anyway but like i'm I'm sure I'm going to have to listen to side by side with Nickelback. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Just I'm going to lose these bets this year, but whatever. There's nine Nickelback albums. I, I, I realized this week. Fuck my them. life. Oh God. <laughs> all right. All right. And they're, they're all around 40 minutes. They're not like crazy okay. long at least, but, but you know, Metallica Nickelback is going to fucking long. feel like seven hours. Decades. Yeah, I know. But, but you, but the Metallica albums are all hours and hours and hours. Yeah, but so I'm used to it at this point too. With all you know, with all these albums I've been checking out, not not in a bad way. Like that's just the nature of like these bands and the time and and the era that they were writing music in. And I realized that I I presented this list to you back at the beginning of the year, and I was like, holy shit, it's been almost an entire year that we've been doing this. Yep. <laughs> so it's been really really fun to get your opinions on some of this stuff, especially also because. Uh, they've been in the back of my head. Like these are albums. I, I, I'd like, I love this album, but nobody I know has ever listened to this album. I don't, I don't have anybody to talk about this album with to like know if I'm right or wrong or whatever. (laughs) Well, buddy boy, somebody else's perspective. Somebody, somebody knows now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that very much. So, and thank thank you for your patience too. I know I have, I've always said like, Oh, I'll check that album out sometime soon. I was like, you know what? There's no fucking excuse for me to keep putting it off. I'm going to, I'm just going to start listening to these. Right. So it's cool. And thank you for putting this list together for me too. And letting me know which ones I should be listening to, which ones I can skip. And uh, yeah, Metallica is going to be its own funky little journey. And I'm like, I'm, I'm interested in this one. You know, I, you know, Metallica has always been like the butt of the joke for us mm-hmm. here on the show but like i want to know what they were like before people started making fun of them you know yes when they were like at the epitome of their of their world when everyone and was trying to, to make their own metallica album right so that right. That, that, that'd be fun and since this was never a band that you gravitated towards yet pretty much every band 
we enjoy now was influenced by them in one way or another. Correct. It's like just to have that perspective. I, I doubt you're going to enjoy like everything, obviously. And there's, you know, for me, I'd say out of the seven albums we're going to listen to, like four of them, I, I literally enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, there's some stinkers in there, but it'll be fun to like relive <laughs> the stinkers with you. Yeah. The, I mean, we, it, that's always the, enjoyment going to like classic albums and that's true of all of these albums i've been listening to right like because all the music that we listen to now was written on the backs of these albums and you know albums Mm -hmm. of their peers and things like that so that's going to be true of such an influential band like metallica where every like i said everyone tried to make their own metallica album everyone listened Mm -hmm. to metallica and was wanted to learn how to play guitar because they heard in a metallica album and things like that so you know it's it's going to be fun hearing those roots and mm-hmm. try and, and comparing contrasting and putting on my eighties ears and my early nineties ears versus right. how it compares to music to today. Cause, Cause you can hear the evolution of recording qualities. When you start in 1983, by the time you get to the black album in 91, it's just like, it's, it, 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 it's only eight years, but it feels like completely different worlds apart. Oh, I know eras, <laughs> eras apart. Are there like right. remastered versions of like the eighties albums? Not that I mean, I'm sure there are. I haven't really checked into okay. those at I'll all. I'll just listen there, to there whatever to Spotify has. Yeah, I'm sure they've they've remastered them here and there. Um yeah. And I mean the the, the black album itself, I mean so many millions of dollars was put into that sure. on the recording side of things. Like I, I don't I, I think they were already like technologically in twenty twenty one at the time. <laughs> um so uh that'll be kind of interesting to hear yeah so i think we'll have to call it right here on this week's episode folks thank you for joining us on our black parade celebration and then a bunch of other albums we talked about as well this has been a fun one um happy halloween for all of you who love halloween as well um adam i'll be seeing you next week uh to celebrate halloween with our families uh, that'll be fun. Yes, so we don't know if we'll have an episode next week. We'll try to squeeze something in, but um, but then we'll talk off air about what we'll talk about, right? So we'll see what happens. We'll figure something out. Absolutely. Because then it's uh, end of the year time approaching, and we'll we'll do any other deep dives we need to do throughout November. That's usually when we like throw in like, hey, let's let's deep dive on this album. That we yeah. So we'll definitely have to do like a year end recap yeah. sometime in November. We have some big albums coming out in November too. I mean, like ones that I'm kind of crossing right. my fingers. They're going to be great, but like, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not holding my well, breath, but we'll see. And what, what has become of the, of lights? Cause she posted this week that she's going to have a new single. And then like, like the next day, and then that day came and went, and I didn't see the new single. Did I oh, you something? didn't see it? It's there. It's out. No. It's a great song. It's out? Okay. I wasn't sure. Did she announce an album? No album announcement, have... so I think it's probably going to be like early next year. Okay, because I haven't uh, been on Facebook since Thursday, which is incredible. But you can also you know, check out um, April 9th, haha, I like it, by Lun. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't post it on Facebook, and that's the only place I get my music news. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's where you get all of your news too. You know, did you know that COVID she was posted, built in a wa- she, in a lab she, in Wuhan? Don't, don't let the media. Uh, don't let the media fool you. Okay, this is all been a hoax. Don't get your vaccines. She posted a 22 second teaser of her video where she's wearing delicious clothing and spitting clothing. up clothing. 
I mean, you know, but I'm, this, this clothing looks like something I just, I just want to eat right off of her. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Um, and it says tomorrow prodigal daughter. That's and the song. Like, yeah. And then there's nothing after that. for the Yeah. Last five look, look it up. The songs out. It's a great song too. <laughs> no, I'm not listening to that shit. I just oh, wanted to know on. if there was an album, okay. an album coming out this year or not that I needed to be prepared for. for I mean, it's 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 October twenty fourth as we're saying as I'm saying this, so I don't know if anything's changed. But as of right now, no album has been announced. Okay, well, she looks great, and <laughs> I hope I hope this that. isn't like a coercion thing, and she's choosing to express her sexuality in her own on her own terms with full autonomy. I think that's what also that's also what the song's about. It's about like uh, religious oppression. Which is which mm. is always fun for me, but uh, <laughs> God doesn't want me to show you my tits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I do it anyway because <laughs> I write the hits. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, still got some big albums in November. We'll have to do a year-end recap, and then of course, you know, December some of our favorite no. episodes that we've done. What? No, no year-end recap because then we're gonna already blow our wad. What are you talking about? I'm just saying we will blow our wad on what's good, and everybody will already know. We got to save it. No, we don't need to do a year. Not 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 like that. Not like oh, these are some of the albums we talk. No, we're just gonna talk about our year, bro. We're gonna talk about our year. Our year. Yeah. Oh shit. Literally Whoa, the okay. year end recap. Right. I'll start writing my four page essay soon. Oh yes, please do that. <laughs> yeah. So we can we, we do that. We'll also, I'll, I'll see if the bets can be finalized by the by whenever we do that episode. At least maybe for the fan draft. But uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yes, you know the end the end of the year is coming. Albums are slowing down, so I think the draft might be closing up shop. See. So. We'll lots see. of fun stuff coming down the way and then of course we had our year-end episodes as well so if we don't see you next week folks uh we'll see you in the week prior uh, or the week after <laughs> in the past. go back and listen to the last week's episode there you go <laughs> but we hope you enjoyed this one and thank you for spending some time with us for my co-host adam i am your co-host mike and when we're saying when we're on our deathbeds, dude, just like mm. it's eating, like the cancer's eating away at us, mm. but it's okay because we're gonna join the Black Parade. I guess so, and we can just say like, like in a very sort of like <laughs> kind of voice, <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, I mean, cancer's bad too. Don't don't have cancer. 